everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from the Mail Fuzz Network. I am Peter and I'm joined as always by Matt. Hey, what's cracking people? And a, not as ill as he was earlier this week, but still a little under the weather, Connor. Yeah, you know, I came down like three hours after we recorded the last one and I'm only just getting over it. Hmm. So I'm excited to ask Connor about his week because it sounds like he was miserable and that's the best type of week I want to hear about from Connor. Pretty much. I I was ill and I slept for about half the week and then the rest of it I had to force myself to go to work while still not really in a workable condition. But yeah, not great. I've been there. You take a couple of days off because it's the worst of it. And then you can't take any more off because you've already taken time off, but you're not really yeah. feeling up to it. So you just kind of force yourself to go in and you're just miserable. And and then and then you have to do manual labor. And it's like, ah, oh, moving this box makes me feel like death again. Why did I come in? Uh, mine was less manual labor and more having to speak to the public. I'd rather have done that. I nearly got crushed, so. Uh, I don't know. I, people are the worst, so. <laughs> um, I will agree with that. So, yeah. Uh, six it's, and a half a dozen is, is, I guess is what I'm saying yeah but either way being ill back in work not fun probably shouldn't do it but there you go no Matt was your week better no but not because I was sick just because it's busy and and kids are jerks at the school I work at it's like mm. they thought Christmas break was this week coming up and not a week from now so yeah I always <laughs> I always used to begrudge the school holidays not start until so close to Christmas. I was like, no, no, I want, I want a week of lead time here. Come on, let me, let me get relaxed before Christmas hits. You know? yep. Yeah, but it's because they've got to include New Year's as well. Yep. Bank holidays there or whatever you get. And then it's like, oh, now it's too late to give you the full two weeks unless well, we start like three days before Christmas. Yeah, what's worse though is in November here because we had uh, the election and uh, a lot of electro sites are at schools. They mm. uh, they didn't have school that day, and then a couple days later, and then the week of Thanksgiving, there was no school. So it was like no school in November. Then they come back for three weeks and get all wound up for no school for two weeks. So yeah, they're like flashbangs. They're not going to cause any real damage, but don't look them in the eye. That's that's how I go about it. So yeah, just... Sorry, I have a flickering light. I don't know if you can see gotcha. that. G- give no. us a, just give us a third week. That's that's fine. Doesn't need to be two. That's it. I'll I'll, th- I'll take a. Uh, an and extra and week. I don't even get off for those weeks. But there's no kids, so it's like I'm off. So it's great. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's easy days. If you don't work. have to deal with them, it's fine, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. I, cause uh, I, it gets in it gets in the way of my comic reading, and there's no kids there. I can you know use my breaks to read comics instead of constantly being on call. It's real nice. Yeah, I. Uh, it's funny because when I when I was last working, I uh, t- t- tend to be that if it was quiet, it was bad for business. You know, it's bad for the company. But I used to love it because it meant there was hardly anything to do, and I enjoyed just being lazy. I'll be honest; it doesn't matter to me whether it's quiet or not because I still have a shit ton to do regardless. Yeah, nah, my job was much easier when there's hardly any people there, which just made life more uh, see, this is the problem with being back a house of stuff front of house you're on the shop floor and yeah it's quiet great you get a three-hour break me no no i'm still doing everything well see i used to do a lot of the counting the, the, the cash and stuff like that but the thing is if hardly anyone's spent any money then i used i'd get through that like 
super quick. Like I'd be finished. Like usually it would take me the whole, you know, the whole shift. You know, I'd be finishing just in time to, you know, mm. at the end. But if it was a quiet day, I'd be finished like hours in advance, and I'd just be like, "Well, uh, you mean, sorry, just to get back, but people trusted you with money. People did trust me with money. I had keys to safes and everything. Hey, that we seems trust unwise. <laughs> I don't know what you're implying there, sir. I think you know very well what I'm implying. I don't know what he's implying. Slander. Hey, Slander is, is, is it what slander is. if I don't say anything? If if I don't actually say it? And you just infer something. Is it still slander? No, when it, when it's this on the nose, yes, it's still slander. Prove it. No. Anyway, let's uh, talk about some <laughs> comics. So, yeah, this week we have Batman, Superman, Justice League, Nightwing, Green Arrow, Green Lanterns, Death of Hawkman, and we have the second issue of Dead Man, Dark Mansion, or Forbidden Love, which of course is every second one. So it feels like a while since we've had that. So. It's nice to, yeah. n- nice to have that back. Although I did have to go back and refresh my memory on what happened in the first issue before I read it. Cause you I... know what the problem is? If this was a year ago and you go, oh, there's an issue every two months, you'd be like, all right, that's not too bad. But now we're so used to books being every two weeks that that's, yep. instead of that's being two issues worth, that's four issues worth of time for everything else. Everything else has progressed so much. Yeah. Yeah, so it feels like a big gap, but... Yeah. Uh, that's this week, so that's everything that's coming up on uh, today's show. I usually say all that before we do the well, how was your week bit, but what you forgot. Well, I, I didn't forget, I just it, I just naturally went straight into it. But uh, let's uh, get on with the books then. So first up is Batman issue 12, written by Tom King and art by Mikhail Shannon. So I love this issue. This was a you phenomenal issue. With a feather, I'm shocked. Honestly, barring one piece of art which really bothers me, I also loved it. You know what, Matt? You being cynical about me loving it, I could be equally cynical about you assuming that you didn't like it. This is fair. On uh, maybe Thursday, before I'd read it, but I knew Pete had, I asked him, oh, mm-hmm. how, how was Batman? And he goes, oh, it was fantastic. I went, is it going to make Matt angry? <laughs> and he just goes, yeah, might do. <laughs> I don't know if it make me angry. I just, every page was a... Two-page, two-page flash page, so it it made for quick reading. Yeah, it was. That was fine. Gorgeous. It was. Yeah, it looked great. I just, I don't like the, the angle Tom King's taking on Batman's brain, or personality, I guess, on this arc as much as I did. I just, I don't like the whole, like, well, we'll get to it when we start going through the issue, but. I don't know. I it feels more close to um, Dark Knight Returns Batman than than what I like in Batman. So I don't think that's true. Well, I, I don't think that mm-hmm. is either. I I don't think the personality just... is anything like that at all. I think maybe why you're saying that is because it's been told in a very you know Batman's narration is very sort of self-reflective and very analytical of himself. Which is maybe what you don't like, but I don't think that necessarily makes it like the same type of attitude or character like, like Dark Knight. I almost rather had it been a letter from Alfred about Bruce, about his parents, and well, seeing him in pain. You know, instead of this whole like it just felt melodramatic as the stuff. Like I loved what was going on in the issue, 
you know, which was essentially just one long action sequence with narration. Yeah, I'll, I'll just jump that in. Was cool. I'll just jump in here and see what the issue actually is in terms of plot. It's it's Batman from the moment of the last the end of the last issue where Selina seemingly betrays everyone turns. and turns he'll to turn. Bane. Yeah, he'll turn. Uh, it's basically Batman working his way to that room, and he you know he he climbs up to the top and he dives off. Gorgeous page. He has like a you know the old boy corridor moment where he goes through an army of people. And you know, it, I, I love that page at the end of that. By the way, when he's like out of breath and just it, 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 it takes a moment just to no, like. It, it is. Yeah. It is old boy. Like yeah. even the breath. It's exactly you know? old boy. Yeah, uh, that's what it uh-huh. reminded me. I could almost hear the old boy music in my head <laughs> as I was reading that page. Yeah. Um, and it ends with him getting to the room. And so, in terms of plot, not a lot of progression. It's all beautiful. But what it really is is, as this is all playing out. We get kind of similar. It's like a it's like a counterpart to the first issue of this arc. Well, not the first issue, sorry, the second issue, where it was Catwoman talking about herself, and she was yeah. like being analytical. And this was Batman doing the same thing from his point of view. And mm-hmm. it was a letter he wrote to Selina, just after she'd been uh, sent to Arkham, um, for you know from, mur- Blackgate. from Blackgate for murdering so many people and then you know causing trouble at Blackgate and all that. Which I also don't like that as the source of this. Of the murder 237, you know, the bombers, like, all, all the other stuff that she's done, did that not require her going to Arkham? Like, is this, it just felt like this was her first trip to Arkham. I don't know, a lot of it was just crimes, so Blackgate, whereas yeah. this one was more mentally unstable, because I, yeah. it was... I don't buy that her, the rest of her normal repertoire is Arkham Morley, because she's not psychotic. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think murdering the 237 people and hunting them down makes her psychotic. 237? No. You don't think oh, yeah, murdering because... 237 people is no, psychotic? No, it's not. it's not Joker's 237 where they're random people, you know? Like, these are 237 terrorists, right? Like, it's the Munich situation, like in Spielberg's Munich. Like, yeah, it's not good, and what have you become? But at the same time, she's not, you know... Filling a blimp with Joker gas and crashing it into a crowd of people, you know. So I don't know. I just there's well, certain things. That... Maybe there's more to it we just don't know yet. Well, they well say probably. Still... Yeah, but they say yeah. she went to Blackgate first, so seemingly, you know, her actions there, you know, have convinced them to transfer. Um, I don't think it's a huge important point though, so I'm not too fussed about it. No, yeah. I'm just you know, it's it's a weird sticking point I feel with King. Like this is he's he's making this being the crux of the relationship right now between the two of them. Well, it, you know, in a way it is because she's crossed this big line, which is a big thing that Batman talks about in this letter. That he's going to have to take action. He tries not to with her. He tries to like kind of give her a pass or whatever when he can. But this is like a line that he because he made this vow and he talks about. And it's funny actually um, hearing King talk about this issue and how he used his own uh, like depression at a young age mm-hmm. and his like social issues that he had um, and I, I can't remember if he specifically said he tried to commit suicide or if he just thought about it I can't remember the exact wording I don't want to say it the wrong way so but there was right. his own experience was used as a sort of uh, a basis for so, what, part of what Batman, uh, Batman says in his letter here about when he, when he was a kid and he had the razor blade and he, he considered committing suicide and I, I love all this analytical stuff and all this sort of you know the 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 psyche of Batman kind of 
looked, it's very personal, yeah. isn't it? It's very personal, and just the way he talks about the, you know, the, it starts when he's like, oh, like everyone laughs, and it's kind of funny. The cowl, the batarangs, like all of it's kind of stupid. Like he acknowledges the campiness almost of everything. I was in his on life. board. Yeah. Ah, I thought you would be. Yeah, he, he likes that. Yeah. Um, but you know, the whole "I am suicide." What does that mean? It's like. Well, in a way, kind of did because we spoke about this before. Even at the end of uh, Snyder's run, there was this idea that for Batman to exist, Bruce Wayne has to die in a in a metaphorical way, not in a literal way, but the idea that he gave up his life when he made that vow and that was suicide in a sense, just not. Mm-hmm. You know. I wonder if that ties back to. I mean, you know how the end of the last arc spoke about how the death of Batman, mm. mm-hmm. and it it wasn't. It never. I don't think it mentioned Bruce Wayne. I think it spoke about Batman specifically. So I wonder if it's now this is going to be like the reverse where he kills Batman to become Bruce Wayne again. Well, that was kind of the end of the Snyder run too, was the whole, right? Yeah. Where the getting him back into the right mind state after the, I forget what it was, the the magical chemical. Did he die? Die something. Yeah. The Dillium or whatever. Yeah. So, but I like that as a concept because we get that he's, he's, Batman all the time, except with Alfred. You know, like Alfred in the cave with the Batman suit on, but cowl off. That's mm. like the true Bruce Wayne. But even when he's Bruce Wayne to the public, he's playing a character. So, like, if we go this angle, like, after this, he realizes he doesn't have to be Batman anymore. And it's kind of like what Batman forever tried to do without the camp. Yeah, yeah, maybe like, like the idea that he's been setting up all these replacements, all these protégés, all these other yeah. teams that he can stop being Batman and try to learn who Bruce Wayne is again. Right. It's funny, actually. I remember when we got to the end of that arc, and I remember us having an argument over the wording that uh, Gotham Girl mm-hmm. used, and I can't remember which one ended up being right, but... Like, I think it. I think it was Batman because I. I think this is why I remember it because I'm pretty sure I said it was mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne. It might yeah, be Bruce I, Wayne. I remember you being wrong, and I always enjoy yeah. that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's why I remember it as well because it doesn't happen. Very well. It happens all the time. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> um, but I remember us having a debate because I remember you saying it one way, and then I, I and I can't remember which one was first. But then I looked it up, and it was different. Um, I don't have the issue like, on I the like, tablet I was to check it. But... I think I was suggesting that. Uh, that it would be uh, Bruce Wayne dies sort of thing and we'd get more Batman like, and that's what it was But yeah I mean I, I don't know if it's maybe suggesting that we're going to lose Batman entirely and he'll just be Bruce Wayne maybe it's just the idea that he realises he can also have a life outside of Batman because he has set up all these other people and that it's okay to be Bruce again you know but, you know, maybe not 24-7 he can still do his Batman thing but it's not a it's not- 24-7 obsessed you know yeah maybe that's what we're building to here i'm not sure but i like what he's playing with i i I like uh all this kind of stuff and it is gorgeous like we say and it feels impactful because it is this close relationship with selena and because he does have to cross that line because she crossed that line first yeah i really like that i just want to know what what bane's doing with psycho pirate like, is he having this therapy session the entire time where, like, Psycho Pirate's making him feel emotions that aren't breaking things? Like... Uh, when, exactly? During this well, whole this trip? Whole... Yeah, like, why, why does he have Psycho Pirate? Like, I don't, we've never... Alright, oh, we don't know that yet. Well, I'm sure yeah, we'll... yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
Like I, I just like the image of Psycho Pirate just standing there while Bane sits on his throne of skulls. I would imagine you know? Bane's using him to manipulate other people, but that would just be my guess. Yeah. No, no, I think what I'm getting from Bane here is he, it's more of a personal because he hasn't done much physically. Like, yeah, he readjusted Batman's back. But other than that, he's kind of just sat there. He's taking a step and back and let everyone kind else of deal with stuff. Contemplated, yeah. You know, which is very unlike Bane in any form that I've read him from Secret Six to him as the, the straight up villain. So it's definitely, I want to see where the next issue goes. Because I feel like he wants us to think it's going to be a big old fight, and I don't think it's going to be a big old fight. It seems too easy, doesn't it? Mm hmm. I wonder. So. I wonder if it won't be a fight with her. Maybe a fight with Catwoman. I could, yeah. see, I could see them having that. That seems much yep. more likely, yeah. given that we've had the, the Catwoman it's, issues and yeah. now the, the Bruce issues, and it's kind of that yeah. duality. Even this issue is kind of like the, the personal versus the, the action. I can, sort of it's that intercut yeah. thing. I can see it having the emotional fight between them. And I wonder if, you know, the reason why Selena did even betray them is because of Psycho Pirate. Is he affecting her? Yeah. Because it's not, the, it's not out of the realm of possibility. And I wonder if the fight between them will get extremely heated because Psycho Pirate's at the sidelines, you know, affecting both of them, you know? Right. So I think that's something to play with. And maybe that's Bane's plan. Bane's plan is just to watch them tear themselves apart, you know? Well, he's broken him physically now. Maybe he wants to break him emotionally and spiritually. Yeah. You know? So, but yeah. I, everyone forgets that Bane's like super smart too, and that the whole Nightfall was him wearing Batman out mentally yeah. before snapping his back. Yeah, you know. So. Yeah, I think anyone who's not read Nightfall, which is obviously the first big part of that, ends with the the fight that has him breaking okay. his back. Most of that first part is actually like Bane's actually set free a bunch of villains from Arkham, so that Batman's mm-hmm. constantly having to do stuff to wear him down, to you know, right. uh, drain him physically. Is a, is a brilliant tactician. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've only seen the 1997 hit film Batman and Robin, you would be, you know, forgiven for thinking otherwise. Yeah. Or even Dark Knight uh, Rises. Because that's, I mean, that's Bane, but not fully. Because that's yeah, like, take on Bane. He, he is almost the tactician until it turns out it wasn't him with the plan. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a lot more Bane in that movie than he ever was in... Well, obviously. Well, like, yeah, that but... Saying. Yeah, I mean, I'm more Bane than Bane in Batman and Robin. But that opening scene of that, like Bane at the start with the plane, that's yeah. very much Bane as a tactician mm-hmm. and, a, and a thinker. Yeah. I like yeah, that. Oh, I, the I, guy behind. Do you know, mm-hmm. I, w- I would mm-hmm. almost argue that this comic, this arc, has taken some inspiration from that movie because a mm-hmm. lot of Bane in the middle of that film... Is very much this back in the shadows, intimidating figure. You know, I'm I'm getting a lot of those vibes. So, if if anything, that's think... yeah, it's a good use of Bane, though. Yeah, like... I think that's if you're going to take something from that movie to put in the comics, I feel like that's you know a good yeah. a, a good element to take from his character. Yeah, definitely. Is that is that scary big guy in the back who might come in and snap your neck? You know, um, or he might just sit there and make you wonder if he's going to do that. Like, yeah. That might be even worse. Maybe even worse. So, yeah. Well, gorgeous book. I know I said it at the start, but I'm going to say it again. No, yeah, that goes I, without saying. Action-wise, I think this is Janin's like strongest because like the character stuff in the first issue, when he's rounding up, that was all really good because each character had their own personality done through art. 
But here it was just straight action. And like Pete said, the, the old boy inspired scene. And just, it looked great. Like I can't, can't I say anything there was, I can say one thing bad. And I, I hate to do it. But it, it stuck out to me so much. And it, it's still annoying me now just looking at it. It's the very first splash page where he's got the, the grappling gun. And he's swinging up. And his body is just twisted at such a strange angle. It just doesn't look right at all. Like his legs are just completely off with where his hips are and just looks wrong. He did readjust his back by slamming it into a title filled <laughs> hole. So this isn't just I'm super just power. Saying, he, he can is, mangle his is, limbs. Is, to... so this, it, it was so off though that I had to look at it again because obviously there's you see Batman like a few times there. Not split up but you see multiple versions of him moving throughout in motion and I almost had to look as if it was meant to be like half of one and half another like because it because it cuts right across where the the yellow line from the grappling hook is mm-hmm. that it looks like it's almost another like version of Batman like the next next part of the movement right. but it just looks wrong instead to me and it really stuck out and annoyed me but you know one issue out like out of the whole you know thing not that bad no not at all we really need to start using the word issue to mean problem. Uh, we, it, we do. It, it gets I confusing. Noticed after, I noticed after I said it, I went Cause, one cause, issue out of the whole. Yeah. You know, I can't say issue because this sentence is confusing then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, now that I'm looking at it, I can see what you're saying. It, it, it didn't stick out to me. His, his hips do look a bit weird. Oh. I think it was, if this wasn't the very first splash page and, you know, my attention wasn't so focused on this big, because it's the big figure mm-hmm. in the middle, it wouldn't be as much of an problem but it's because it's that one that it really is it's like his it's maybe it's the problem with his knee i'm not sure it's just oh. something that just doesn't look right all right one one panel one panel has that issue the rest of it is absolutely drop dead gorgeous so. oh yeah yeah I, i'm totally agreeing on yeah. the rest of it i'm just I'm gonna make that one criticism because i don't think i've criticized his art yet since he's come on the book we're level-headed and fair absolutely uh, yeah, objectivity, always, except when it's not, which is ninety nine percent of the time. All right, uh, moving on then, and that takes on is Superman issue twelve. Uh, Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason, plus art by Doug Mankey on this one. Frankenstein shows up. Yeah. Yeah. So Superman and him have a bit of a fight, and Lo- Lois's uh, boss at this local paper that she's been writing for. Turns out to be a monster that uh, Frankenstein wants to deal with. Yeah, that's the gist. Which of it. this whole time I thought that you know, oh no, Frankenstein just lost it, and that's what the story is going to be about: is finding who's corrupted Frankenstein. But no, Frankenstein was right. Yeah, he was right. Much like, much like Cyclops was right, Frankenstein was right. Um, so. I thought it was fine. It feels like a, a fun issue. Well, it was yeah. a fun issue, but I mean, it feels like. What's- it's the arc between important arcs, if that makes sense. So yeah. This is just a fun little well, story in between. The, you know. And then the state Superman was in before this, I'll take these fun arcs. I'll take Superman oh, yeah. and Frankenstein walloping each other just because. you know. And it's nice to see Superman to be able to unleash from time to time because there's very many opponents. You know, like There's Mongol and Darkseid and you know, Cyborg Superman, but... Very little, like even when he's fighting Luther in the power suit, he holds back. So I love that panel where he was like, "Look, it, you know, I know you're doing your job, but when your job starts harming innocent people, that's when it's time to do my job." 
And it's yeah, just, like, it's not exactly a threat, but it's Superman going like, look, man, we can talk this out, but if you don't want to talk, then yeah. rolling up the sleeves. So I really thought this story was going to be a bit bigger. Like you say, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a fun arc between arcs, but at the very start when he bursts in, he's like, ah, oh, outcast, I've found you. Yeah. I thought he was mistaken and he was actually there tracking Lois. Me too. And I thought it was going to be like a big thing to do with yeah, that. Re- re- and then I was like, stuff, I was yeah. like, oh no, yeah. it's it's not. It's just it's not. It's just there's a, knows, there's a monster. Yeah. Yeah, and and Tomasi knows that we know that. Yeah. You know, so because the whole uh, annual was about that, and he wrote that, so we I think we were primed. So it was a nice little twist. That, yeah. That that came through, but also Lois, like, she's a mom. She's writing for two different newspapers. Where does she get the energy? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I really so. don't. Uh, I, I do enjoy the fact that they run into uh, Clark's like farmer neighbor, Cobb. Yeah. And he, he tries to quote Frankenstein with a shotgun. Uh, <laughs> I love that, though. That's farmers. You know, it's like, look, man, I know you're doing your stuff, but you step onto my property and it's not yeah. going to end well. <laughs> you don't care yeah. how big the dude is. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I, I, I mean, because we know the uh, the multiverse arc is starting mm-hmm. next month. So, yeah, so I assume this is only like a two-parter, maybe a three-parter, and then it'll be done. Yeah, so. it doesn't feel like it's got the legs for much more than that. If it had been the twist and he was after Lois, I'd say, no, we could get a full arc out of it. But... Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it could lead to the other two, because Frankenstein and Shade's all about correcting anomalies. Whether that's true. That, yeah, maybe there'll know. be some seeds for that. But as it is now, like he, he comes, you know, crashing through, and then the twist at the end is, oh no, this uh, reporter woman actually is just a monster. Yeah. And that's that's your ending. Uh, so I don't have really much to say on it. It was fun. Art was Cuts good. Off the face. I thought that was a little <laughs> <laughs> like, shoot. Little Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Also, I've noticed because I'm going back and reading the Batman and Robin and, and Robin Rises stuff. And Tomasi really loves Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, he plays a big part of that. And then I also remembered the Hellbat from early on. That was Batman's suit to get to uh, Apocalypse. Yeah. You know, so when Lois pulls that out to defend herself from a purse, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I kept a gauntlet from the the Hellbat for protection." Yeah, Yeah, that's what I. I do like this. This in general feels like a sequel to. Batman and Robin, not just in terms of those things, but it's a spiritual successor as well with the father-son stuff. Exactly. So, and I'm I'm glad I'm going back and reading those uh, hand in hand with these because it's. I think Tomasi is like one of our undervalued writers right now. I'm just I'm just glad that Lois kept part of that suit from like she's like yeah she 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 felt like such a badass fairness. I'm going to keep part of this. (laughs) This will come in handy. This gauntlet. (laughs) Wayne, I, Wayne can afford another one. It's fine. I just, but what I really want now is, is I want like something to happen when Bruce is around and he sees her pull it out and go, "Wait a minute, <laughs> <laughs> that's mine." <laughs> uh, ah, it's a fun issue. Art's good. Uh, it's yeah. just monkeys. Go ahead, Pete. I was gonna say, it, it, but at the same time, it is probably maybe like the least interesting issue of Superman so far. Just yeah. uh, it's a filler. Like yeah. I'm not. And not in the thing that it's not worth reading, but it definitely, yeah, yeah. like you said, it's a between yeah. arcs. It's so like, I think uh, Monkey is, is great at these grotesque type characters. Like, hmm. he was great during Blackest Night with all the Black Lanterns and stuff. So I agree, but I think he's not quite as good at people. I think his Lois in the first <laughs> few pages looks a bit yeah. odd. Yeah. 
Yeah, the regular stuff in the office at the start's a little bit weird. Once the action starts, story stuff's really... Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Really good, so... Um, yeah, it's kind of like the, uh, the Dinosaur Island two-parter, where it's just a fun little thing. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's some maybe little tidbits that link to other things, but it's mostly just its own little fun story. L- a little breather between things. Yeah, so... Yeah. Having a big arc starting in a couple of issues' time, but hey, uh, this was decent fun. Uh, that'll take us on to Justice League issue 10, written by Brian Hitch and art by Neil Edwards... Uh, me and Connor read this, and this is a continuation, of course. They, they We ended the last time with Justice League coming to the house of this programmer who they believe might have designed the... the Is virus the right word? Yeah, virus. AI. AI, yeah, AI, artificial intelligence, yeah. Uh, that's in, you know infected the Watchtower, tried to infect Cyborg and uh, Simon's uh, Green Lantern ring, and they trace it back here. And most of the issue is them in the house just like talking to this guy and his kids about what's going on. And this is when I feel like over explaining this is kind of like I was having more fun with this arc, but the explanation <laughs> for how this all happened is a bit convoluted and a bit loopy. Yeah, I'm gonna go out and say the best thing about this issue is Yannick Paquette's variant cover, which is utterly gorgeous. Sure, I'd, yeah, I'll, I'll, I won't argue uh, that. That's Paquette though, too, right? Like, yeah, yeah, but this is particularly great. So. Gotcha. So they've traced, traced this back to this guy, and this is the guy, obviously the husband of the one woman who died in the first arc, with all the kindred stuff. Only one person died and all that. I'm still in shock that, that that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, I know. But, so, so, so they come in and say, oh, this, this is your code. You wrote this when you were in college, when you were like a big-time hacker or whatever. And he's like, yeah, but I wouldn't hurt anyone. Like, you know, I, I wouldn't kill someone. You know, I mean, I'm not, I don't blame you for my wife's death. It's not your fault, you know? And then the daughter's like, oh, Dad, I might have used that code to make an app for a new search engine uh, called Genie because it grants wishes. It, it learns what you want from questions that you ask it. And then, but, so this is what's caused everything. And then it turns out her little brother has been using the app as a game and has been playing games like, oh, I've been, you know, what if the Justice League failed that day and Mum was still alive? And it was him entering stuff into the search engine on her tablet or laptop that's caused this AI to actually do all this stuff in the real world. Bit messy. <laughs> it is. The thing is, it's not bad as an issue. It's just convoluted. It's just convoluted. And the art's very kind of mediocre, I'd say. It is. I'd agree with that. But I like a lot of the dialogue, weirdly, which is something I don't usually say for Hitch. Oh, yeah. I think, like, Wonder Woman immediately kind of believe in her and, like, or believe in him and her and, like, try to console them and feel like we're going to make everything okay like really quickly you know compared to like batman who's like wait you're trying to steal all the money from LexCorp and wayne Corp, you know wayne enterprises yeah. you know yeah. um, barry asking for the energy drinks barry, barry asking for yeah there was some fun little tidbits in there but as much as i'm doing i'm still definitely enjoying this arc way more than the first one. Oh yeah because at least i'm following it and i understand what's going on as opposed to the last one where there was giant people made out of people yeah, and the thing is, I really like the ending as well, where basically the kid just told the app, oh, what would happen if all their villains kind of teamed up and see, see, showed up? See, when they teased this, when he said, oh, what if all the villains show up to like, fight them? I was like, oh, yes, this could be a lot of fun. And then over the next couple of pages, other than Giganta, they reveal what I can only refer to as a list of, uh, I don't know, V-list villains? I don't know, Vertigo is not that bad. 
Okay, Vertigo. But Vertigo, like, obviously, Scarecrow eventually shows up. Who is definitely the biggest one. But it's the it's the splash page where they reveal a bunch of them. And that feels like yeah, the Z-listers. Yeah, the the it's like a bunch of no name. Like there's a there's a nice there's a freeze power guy, and it's not Captain Cold. It's not Killer Frost. It's not Mister Freeze. Who is it, Connor? You you looking at it? I'm, I'm looking at it right now. It's Cold Snap. It's Cold Snap. Oh, that that, it's that, not that even icicle. Right. Come on. <laughs> They're not even icicle. Cold snap. All right, so the ones we've got, we've got Giganta. All right, fair. Heat stroke, yeah. which okay. is, you know, not that bad. Heat wave for Jace. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we've got Jinx. We've got Mammoth. Okay. we got Major Disaster. Plastique. Yeah. Uh, Come on, this is a list of... Scott Liddell's last stuff. Yeah, yeah. Gerda. Simon. Gerda. That's that's with the P for the telepath right, stuff. Right, c- come on though. Yeah, right. yeah. Shimmer. Another Fatal Five. Right, a list of all of our greatest villains are going to come and get us because they want this money that's been placed on our head, and this is the team that show up. Yeah, like it starts. We get Giganta, and then you get Vertigo, and you're like, oh, this could be good. And then you get this splash page of all of these, and that's it. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, that's would be the time to bring in like I don't know. Like Metallo and Joker and like you know all these big names like from all the different characters, all their villains like and have like this mega injustice looking league kind of thing coming at us. But no, we get this list of nobodies. Yeah, and this is how you tell if if you weren't had another idea already. This is how you tell this isn't truly a flagship book because they're not allowed to use anyone. Yeah, they're not allowed yeah. to use any of the, the the big names. I mean, Girder, Simon, Mammoth, Jinx. Like those are big time. Like those are Team Titan and, and Wally West villains. Like yeah, yeah it's not even a know? criticism of any of them on their own. It's just no, but that's not Justice League villains. Like, yeah, you don't need the Justice League for these guys. And, the and Cold one, Snap will... and, and Heatstroke. <laughs> I go deep into to DC continuity. I can't even tell you what they look like. Heatstroke's basically female Firestorm. Firestorm villain. Yeah, that's what that's but, what it's like. God. But yeah, not. See, this, that might have been a cool one if Firestorm was on the team. Yeah. But, you know, what's the point? Cold Snap. Cold Snap, just like, what? <laughs> no, it's not even Icicle. Cold Snap. I, I love that reaction, Matt. Not even Icicle. <laughs> An Icicle is not even... like Even Icicle would be a laughing stock. What, what yeah. was that? Well, like, Icicle's like old-school JSA villain. Yeah. Like, yeah. What was that you one uh, in uh, the Batman annual? Again, there was a new one in that. It was, oh it, man! Uh, it was like an old guy. It was. It was. Oh, he wasn't old, but it was like yeah. a. It was like Mister something. Blizzard. Minister Blizzard. Ma- ma- Minister. Yeah. That's yeah. It, yeah. Minister Blizzard. Blizzard. That's enough cold villains, right? We've had enough of them now. Stop yeah, I'm it. sure we we said this last week when it was like, hang on, there's a lot of cold villains here. Yeah. Right. Cold snap. If anyone knows what cold snaps from, by all means, let us know because I I've never yeah. heard of the. Bastard. So now officially, I think Icicles entered my Legion of Superheroes and Booster Gold fandom, just <laughs> just out of necessity. Until they start using them, I'm gonna keep talking about them. Because let's look at this, right? Obviously, a less cold villains, Mister Freeze, right? I think we agree with that. Then you get Captain Cold slotting right under there. A minus, yeah, yeah, yeah. A minus, B plus, kind of in that realm, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And then Killer Frost, B minus, kind of. Area. Yeah, it's the team. Be- she's, she's benefited from the Flash show, though. Yeah, she has. Which I do, I do recommend people to track down, though. Um, I think I'm trying to remember who wrote it. Um, I think it was Sterling Gates, but wrote a the Thing inspired origin for her in the Villains Month. Hmm. 
issue. All right, okay. So if you want to track down the Killer Frost, that one was was really good. Really good I, I remember well. that issue it was pretty good. Yeah, but of course mm -hmm. we're going to have her as an anti-hero in JLA next year, so she's obviously getting more time uh, soon. Yeah, and that's good. And you don't want to show up as a villain if you're going to use her in JLA, so that's right. cool. And then, but like, Icicle then is like D-list. Yeah. You know, D-lister, right? Yeah. He's, he's a solid D-lister, but he's D-list. And then. I'm going to go with Minister Blizzard over Cold Snap because at least that's a cool name. <laughs> Cold Snap just is looks it? like... He even looks like a knockoff Captain Cold. He does. Slash, slash Frozone from The Incredibles. No, Joey looks like... He looks like a knockoff of New 52 Captain Cold where he's got this, like, yeah. visor that's, like... It's, it's not like Captain Cold's visor. It's oh. almost like... It's like a, a Cyclops visor but it's got, like, the, the white and blue streak over it. It reminds it's... me of Carl Rayner's mask. You know, no, I could see ugly. it in my brain before you said it. When you said visor, you know. But he, he his his powers seem to be like Frozone the Incredibles, where you know he slings it and slides on it. So that deflated the oh man, where's my super suit? The possibly cool ending of this was deflated by this list uh, of nobodies. That said, a couple of pages later then, you know, they they, they start fighting all them like it's a big deal. Yeah. And then we get Amazo. At the end, which yeah, we do. I like, yeah. but didn't we just have this in Justice League not that long ago? Yeah, it was like the second last arc of the new fifty. It was like right before all the dark side yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, it was right before yeah. that. Uh, so that was a bit strange. Uh, meanwhile, Batman's in the house with the family because he's like, all right, rest of the you with superpowers, you take care of all these, you know, nut jobs. I'll I'll protect the family in the house, and that's where Scarecrow shows up and his fear toxin goes rampant, and everyone starts freaking out. I mean, we're going to keep reading it, but I mean, hell, if we can make fun of it at least like this, then... Real, real quick, that? so I looked up Cold Snap, okay. and he came about uh, in Batman and the Outsiders right before Crisis on Infinite Earths, <laughs> and so he kind of got Crazy? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you just say Crisis yeah. on Infinite Earths? Crisis on Infinite Earths. Right, mid-80s. Mid we're in the mid-80s here, folks. 1984, Batman and the Outsiders, number nine. And he debuted with Heatstroke. So, oh. yeah. Um, all that's really said about him is his given name is Daryl, surname unknown. And that's about <laughs> it. Daryl. Uh, Daryl Coldsnap. Yeah. Coldsnap, who is Daryl? Yep. He was part of a supervillain group known as Masters of Disaster. <laughs> that is um, amazing. Imagine... Okay, uh, I, I like Masters of Disaster. That's quite good. But... Imagine, like, the TV show The Flash. For some reason, they didn't let them use Captain Cold and Heatwave. Yep. So we got Cold Snap and... Heatstroke. Well, Heatstroke. I'd already forgotten her name. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like, come on. Anyway, that's Justice League, folks. Yeah, so the Masters of the Disaster get this. Their powers are modeled after natural disasters. So you got Cold Snap, Heatstroke, New Wave, Shakedown, and Windfall. I'll let everybody else look up them. And decide what those powers are, but I guarantee they're like the Planeteers. Each one has Wonderful. a different element. Yeah. Wow. So this was this was the most uh, Justice League talk I participated in. Quite some time, so. <laughs> well, you hear Cold Snap, you just have to jump in and give your opinion. Have, like, how can to. you not? Yeah. And it's almost worth to. us reading that just for just for this nonsense alone. Uh, yeah. So uh, we'll see how that ships up in issue eleven. Um, that leads on to Nightwing, issue 10, which is written by Tim Seeley and art by Marcus Toe. This was probably my most anticipated book of the week, because this was Nightwing, sort of a new arc, but it's also Nightwing back to Bloodhaven. 
Pete, Pete, did it did it get your blood up? Don't answer it. It's a trap. <laughs> um, no, I'm not. Mm, okay, I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm not answering it. Um, I this was very good. Uh, this was Nightwing reintegrating himself back into the, the city. Well, for, well, I'll say back. It's the first time for him from his perspective, and. Yep. He's got a new supporting cast, which I like. I, I want a supporting cast in these books. Because if I have one complaint about the first like arc or so of Nightwing, is it is kind of... I mean, obviously he's with Raptor, and we have Batgirl in it, but other than that, he's kind of on his own. Whereas this book, it looks like it's finally going to start building mm-hmm. up his own supporting cast. So, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, uh, we have Miss Sang, uh, who is like the head of this like teenage help group that Nightwing's going to volunteer at by day. Mm-hmm. And obviously by night he's still being Nightwing. We get a little bit of the city stuff where they're trying to make it a very touristy, you know, casino-filled attraction. So they want to keep like the, the beach and the boardwalks all safe, and that's one of the big plots for uh, like the mayor's trying to like keep his image of his city going well. So he's got the, you know, that's one of the one of the subplots there is, or I say subplot, but it, it comes back to the the, the the head of marketing or whatever you, you call her tourism and stuff. Um, like sees that they've got a superhero now and that's like one of the big points she has later on in the episode and there's conspiracies of course because Bloodhaven is corrupt as ever um, and despite the fact that they're trying to make it into a touristy attraction the idea of the history of it still being you know corrupt and crime ridden is still CD. there yeah it's just yeah. they're trying to like you know mask it with uh, you know stuff it's kind of like Gotham with a new layer of paint is kind of yeah. what they're trying to do yeah uh, but yeah, I, I couldn't help but thinking it's like Vegas in the 90s, where it's just like, hey, you know, this place that's meant for adults, bring your kids, <laughs> you know, and, yeah, and that, that. that lasted so long, and then now it's back to to not, let's not bring the family, so. Except Las Vegas doesn't have any docks, whereas Bloodhaven is full of docks, there's always docks. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever read the Dixon run, but it felt like every second issue there was a scene at the docks. Mm-hmm. There's always a different one. There's always a different one, yeah. So many docs. Lots of docs. Um, but no, I, I thought I did a lot for his character. We, we got that fantastic sort of... Uh, I don't know if you'd call it a montage in a comic book, but I'm going to call it a montage of him mm-hmm. trying to like, uh, pass the time at night by watching TV and playing video games and just how bored he seems. And then it only in lasts nine minutes. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that cracked me up because it just tells you the time at the start and then you see him reading a book, watching TV, reading a comic... You know, falling asleep on the phone. Robin Hood Rebirth. Yeah, I noticed that. that. Yeah. Robin Hood Rebirth. I didn't notice that. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah, but and then, and then it's just him bored as everything nine as, minutes later. And as soon as he hears Siren, he's like, "Oh well, I better get my night- Nightwing outfit on. You know, yeah. It's time to go to work." Yeah, it's like, well, yeah. it's, it's just down the street. I can't ignore it. I mean, yeah. that would be bad superheroing. Yeah. Which by the way, as I say, I love the first page. It's like a there's like a setup to it. With uh, Damien practicing practicing his Teen Titans call, yeah, to me my Titans and Batgirl sneaking up behind him and making fun of him for it. Oh, so yep. good! And, and and him just going, I applaud your sneakiness, but I knew you were there. <laughs> yeah. Such uh, a jerk! So I love him. Yeah, um, but I also like when Nightwing gets all ready and he's like, you know, the city is sleek and sexy like Nightwing. <laughs> you know, like there's yeah. a trademark sense of humor still there, which is great. Yeah, yeah no. Um, I, it's really good. And he, of I, course, he runs into yeah. Gorilla Grimm, uh, who's a resident of Gorilla City. Uh, spe- yeah. Speaking of D-listers that no one remembers <laughs> this week. But, uh, yeah, but Gorilla it's Grimm... It's Nightwing fighting a giant gorilla. Uh, this is, like, written for me. 
Oh yeah, I, I can't complain. No, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not like, you know, yeah. it's, it's good. This it's is great. Where, this is where taking a random villain from whenever is yeah. a good thing. Oh yeah, well, because not, not like Cold Snap. Because this is fine because they don't build it up. The page before Cold Snap showed up, it was oh, a team of our greatest villains are all going to show up and try and kill us. This yeah, was no, no. Here, here's here's a character you might not know, but we'll make a story out of him. We'll do something with this. But, and but I like that Gorilla Grimms is trying to make a life for himself. Yeah, in the blood. He's like, I'm being you know? set like, up. He's he's like, ask Miss Sang, which obviously, because uh, there's, there's a tease earlier on with uh, Sang and uh, James, who's like a friend, yeah. and they, they talk about putting on masks later or whatever. So he, obviously, there's like a a the thing here. Ready. And yeah. just, when he goes, to, when Nightwing goes to confront her at the end after hearing this, and the police like Carton Grimaway. He sees her in costume. As the defacer. As the defacer, yes. Yeah. yeah. Some of these like names for these heroes and villains are going to start getting really silly soon. They're running out of words. Yeah. Sorry, what do you mean they're going to start getting silly? <laughs> yeah. Did you not just hear Cold Snap? And Gorilla Grimm. Hey, Gorilla Grimm's fine. I, I don't know about you. I, yeah. Good bit of alliteration there, quite frankly. Yeah. But uh, my, my only issue with this was the colouring. I thought the colouring was a little... Yeah. Too light. I. No, what did we just? What did we just say about say, calling it problems issues? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can't My do it. My only problem with it was that the. It just felt like I, I got it in the office that it was like bright fluorescent light and you know. Yeah. But. What's, but yeah, it was just a little too pastel for my liking. What's actually funny is Matt is I kind of agree with you, but I'm kind of the opposite. Where I thought it was fine once we got to nighttime. It was in the office and stuff where I was like, "Oh man, this is yeah. like I'm almost been blinded here by the the whites and the yeah. the light colors." Um, the actual art's good though. It's just the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just very very pale. Uh, kind of torn in the day. middle on the coloring because mm-hmm. I like it bright and vibrant. It feels fun, but they're trying to sell Bloodhaven as this grim and yeah. awful place, and I don't really feel that in the colors. Well, well but, but I can see that that's why they chose to make it lighter because you don't want it to be Gotham's little brother. Yeah, you know? well, I also yeah. I also get it because there's a lot of neon signs and stuff, and they try to sell that it's yeah. almost been you know mm-hmm. covered by the neon. They try to like hide the grimness, and yeah. I, I, that kind of worked for me uh, with the coloring later on at, at yeah. any time. But man, that those first like you know six pages yeah. in that office, Jesus man, I was like I was like man, I'm, I'm getting blinded here. Like, can I turn down mm-hmm. the brightness? Like, I almost went to turn the brightness of my iPad down just <laughs> yeah. to, you know. Yeah. Me too. It's so. the worst part is when he has that like inner monologue part. Whereas, you know, thinking about what he what he wants yeah. to say. Which I love it's just, that it's part. just pure oh, lo- white, almost. Oh, yeah, I love that page. Yeah. She, she looks cycling through all these expressions as he's thinking about all these... Yep. Yeah. Oh, really good. But his yeah. face is too bright. I don't mind that all the, ba- <laughs> like, all the backgrounds being... <laughs> Everything's, like, really whited out. And I get it for all the backgrounds, because it's like he's lost in his own head. But his face feels, like, really bright. It's not even skin colour anymore. It's actually white. Yeah. Do, you know, do you know what it is actually see often we compare like comic panels to uh like movie like language we talk about you know mm-hmm. framing we talk about secret you know and all that stuff and the way it cuts and whatever i'm gonna use a, a camera reference to uh talk about what the yeah. problem with this it looks overexposed yeah you know yeah. Uh, anyone who's ever used a camera to an extent and knows what exposure is don't know what i'm talking about uh it feels overexposed like it, his face is blooming out um so, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what the problem is. So, that small nitpick aside, well, it's kind of small, yeah. but small enough that it doesn't bother me. Um, yeah, that was a good issue. Um, and I'm looking forward to building up more of a supporting cast and learning more about uh, um, the Defacer 
and you know what happened to Gorilla Grimm and the corruption and the mayor and get into it. Well, because there's that whole thing too about the guy uh, Paul Paterno that got murdered by something. You know that sounded pretty gnarly. So yeah. there's also that running around. If it's not Gorilla Grimm, yeah, I, I presume. Control. I presume that's what they were uh, arresting him for, but I, I believe him that he's innocent. I believe those. I yeah. just assumed yeah. it was meant to be that James guy. It may be. Maybe. Yeah. He's the only other person that's been set up that it doesn't seem yeah. like. Because it doesn't seem like it'll be DeFacer because she was still just you know, around the office. Yeah, uh, well, I don't know if DeFacer are meant to be bad people, though. I feel like they're meant to right. be. Try, yeah. try to be more well, the vigilant. He said it was like get the costumes. Yeah. You know, like yeah. not, you know, so who, who knows? Maybe something went wrong. It was an accident. I, I, don't know. I think it's them trying to like be like because because they're trying to help the teens and stuff. They're taking it one step further and trying to clean up the streets, but they're maybe in over their head. Whoever yeah. killed the guy, though, I feel like that's maybe just someone we've not seen, but in this arc yet because it's not a new character. I feel like it'll turn out to be ex-villain that we know, so we don't have to be introduced Rock to them here. Yeah, you know. Like, I see. I'm not entirely sure of that because I know obviously when this all started, Seely was talking about how he wanted to give. Dick a, a whole new rogues gallery, and I don't think he'd be. I think he said he wouldn't be using any pre-existing villains for quite a while, which is okay, why we got Raptor to add to that. And uh, oh yeah, start with. sure, okay, you may be right, but um, I mean it could end up being James, and he's he's went one step too far. Like you know, maybe Defacer doesn't know about it, and he's he's going like above and beyond and doing extra stuff. He's crossing a line behind her back, kind of thing. Yeah, because we don't know anything about this person who's dead. We, we don't know that yeah, they were a good well, person. They could have been a bad no. guy. Well, yeah, he was. He was, he was a bad guy, yeah, for sure. Out yeah. Of the shop. yeah, yeah, but we so. don't know how bad. Yeah. Huh. But no, um, no good, good issue. Uh, that's Nightwing, and that'll take us on to Green Arrow, issue 12, uh, Benjamin Percy, and the return of artist Otto Schmidt on this issue. Mm-hmm. And appreciated. This was Oliver back in the city. It's the start of a new arc. Um, Emerald Outlaw, I believe is the name. Uh, yep. yep. Cool. I remember that. I'm just checking the front cover. Proud of myself. Yeah. I like that they tell me that on the front cover now. I, I like it. Yeah, it's good. The only thing I wish DC did now was a wee recap page. I'd love a recap yeah. page. Yeah, they have that online thing, don't they? They do. They, but have, they have that site where. I have to go and find that, though. See if it was just a nice little paragraph, just summing up what so the last issue was. You know what the thing is, though? They should link it through Comixology. Mm, they could yeah, do that. Yeah. Reading digitally. Yeah. But yeah, just just throw it in as a link, at the, like as you know, a separate download PDF thing. Be easy. Yeah, yeah that would be good. But anyway, what do we think of this issue, uh, Green Arrow? It's pretty good. good. Definitely not subtle though. Like Percy <laughs> is getting less and less subtle. Oh no, the. It's... But you know the thing is though, I feel like if there's one book where you can get really upfront about the, the social issues you're tackling, it should be yeah. Green Arrow because that's his whole point. Is he yeah. is upfront about it, and he is. Yeah. You know, we we have police brutality in this. We have, you know, we we have an argument between a guy dressed as Green Arrow and a guy dressed as Batman arguing about being an SJW versus no. and being yeah. shit Batman, which I almost felt was a dig at the show. Yeah, I, I kind of got that as well. It was funny though. Was. That was so great, but I just love that because I've heard that in my comic shop about Green Arrow versus Batman. You know, so the spirit's true beyond yeah. the shows and whatnot. But yeah. Um, but no, just like the, the character that Green Arrow goes to talk to. I forget his name. Um, the guy's running for mayor. Crap. Or he is mayor, yeah. and he's running yeah. for re-election. Uh, D- Domini or something like that? Yeah, that was an old friend of his. Like, it sounds like a certain presidential elect. Like, he pulled oh, shit from... Oh, it is Domini. 
Domini? Domino? Yeah. Yeah. Pulled, pulled straight from campaigning in the real world, you know? Yeah. So, which, which I think that says more about the real world than the comics when it sounds more, you know, believable in the comic than in the real world. Yeah, yeah. it was like, like, like that part where the uh, the woman protested him and shouted back yeah. and he was like, oh, get rid of her any way you can. Well, yeah. And they all just start grabbing her and throwing her down. That yep. feels very, uh, well... Familiar from a couple of months back. If if it wasn't, yeah, from a couple of months back, I would have been like, "Oh, get out of here." Yes, yeah, this comics, I yeah. get. If, if this still. was a year ago, you go, yeah. Huh, yeah. yeah, you wouldn't even think about it. Well, You'd be like, "Oh, that's pretty and, brutal." Yeah, and I like that they're using Green Arrow as that you know social cause character that he was in the hard traveling heroes with you know Hal Jordan in the seventies. You know, but just sometimes Percy, it's it's why I love him, but also why sometimes he drives me nuts because he did yeah. this all before too. That very yeah. first arc with the missing homeless people in Pennytown, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the... Uh, yeah, so we, we also have Ollie and uh, Dinah and Diggle building him like a new treehouse in the forest, <laughs> which... Sure. <laughs> um, Why not? I'll be cool with it. I mean, it made for some fun dialogue and stuff, and... Um, you know, him and Dana, of course, still have great chemistry, and that's coming through in the, yeah. the writing, which is great. Um, we start with a lot of news broadcast stuff talking about is the Green Arrow a hero? Is he not? We even have the idea of that, you know, the police brutality when Green Arrow shows up to take care of the cop, the woman's yeah. filming it on her phone from the car, which again feels very real life uh, from, yeah. you know, recent months. And, you know, this public perception of Green Arrow shifts. So, what's his face? Uh, I keep forgetting his name. The uh, Broderick. Broderick, thank you. I, uh, Matthew Broderick. I'll just remember that. Even though he's not Matthew, but I'll That's, just, yeah. I'll use that to remember his name. But so his yeah. master plan. Who he seemed like a chump in the first arc, where I didn't really buy that he yeah. was the actual villain. But the more we're getting into this, the more he seems like he's actually sinister enough because his peeling it back. Yeah, yeah. His plan at the end is every single person that we've seen be positive about Green Arrow on the news broadcast, including the news reporter herself, all get murdered with arrows with green arrows well but it was even the the people that weren't because the one lady that gets the arrow through the chest was saying how he forced her to donate to charity you're right you're right you it know? was her as well yeah. yeah yeah so it was just a bunch of them then sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was just all these people that were talking about him and yeah murdered with all with green arrows or assaulted with green arrows because which is actually you know Kind of genius because that's how you get people to turn. It's the court of public yeah, opinion. It's, yeah, it's the using the media against him. But what, what yeah. works really well about this though is that ever since that first arc when he lost his name and he's been presumed dead, he's been constantly saying in the narration, "Oh, I lost Oliver Queen, but I'm still a Green Arrow. I still have that." And yeah. Dinah, you know, reinforces that again. She says, "You're still Green Arrow. Take care of that. Be that. Don't try yeah. and fight to be Oliver again." And his plan at the end of this is to take that away from him as well. To take this one last thing that he has. So it makes it feel just that extra bit personal. And yeah. I think that makes it a bit more exciting, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah and I wonder who Broderick was thing. talking to. Oh, what, Connor? No, no, it's a, it's a small thing. I'll save it after. Okay. Who I was, was saying, I, Yeah, he was talking to whoever was launching the arrows. So I'm wondering if we're going to get a classic uh, Green Arrow villain. I could see them going both ways. It, 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 they could reveal him to like have whoever like you know working for him, yeah. or it could just be yeah. no. He's, he's got like a team of henchmen who have been out and yeah. shot arrows at people. 
I kind of yeah. hope it's someone that we know. I feel like he's got. We've had a lot of Archer-based villains for him already. That do we need another one? So soon after right. we had Komodo not that long ago. Well, but I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting that it's just his regular henchmen that are just using the arrows. Like they're not actually. See, I get that, but they seem very good shots for that. That's fair. But and, like I said, no, I, I could go either way. Seen Merlin the Magnificent in quite some time, so it's be a nice reintroduction. He used to be Rajal Gill, you know. No. <laughs> not in the comics. No, Malcolm Merlin. <laughs> yeah, Malcolm Merlin. Yeah, no, Malcolm Merlin. Yeah, Malcolm Merlin used to be Roger Gill. Yeah. I just I heard Merlin. I couldn't resist making that joke. You can't, can you? I got you. No. Well, I almost called him Malcolm Merlin just based off of the show, but it's so ingrained because you, know. you haven't seen him since before you saw that version. Yep. I don't think. Yeah, no, I no. don't remember him popping he was, up. He was gone for the Outsiders. He was gone. I mean, basically since before New Fifty Two. Yeah, I don't think I've least... seen him in the New Fifty Two at all. No. So if this would be a nice reintroduction, if that is him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was a solid issue. Yeah, just the, the small thing I noticed is uh, we finally given up on uh, Channel 52 News. Yeah. Oh, dear. Like, like that, that's, is this you know, K... Coma News 2. Coma, yeah. Yeah, which I thought was just a big deal, like how, how everything was Channel 52 for so long, and it, it's just, it bled into the TV shows. And... It, it's just believability. They have to have more than one channel. <laughs> Yeah, well, it didn't well, stop for the last six too. years, did it? Yeah, local well, news. Well, no, but it's local news. Like, they wouldn't... They still use it I mean, it just think everything. about the amount of news. I get that, Connor, but I'm just saying, I like that, that Percy brings it to the personal, yeah. to the Seattle area. Yeah, it's just more believable, because you know? if, if, new, if 50... I was going to say new 52 news. If 52 news is the main, like, nationwide news channel that everyone uses, then it makes sense that... But maybe some of the cities would have their own thing. Like I'm sure, like when like we see Vicky Vale reporting on something, it's it tends to be just a Gotham-based channel. We never, we haven't really seen her reporting anything. It's been much. a while. Don't but, get me wrong. And, and if we do, we just see her. We don't see the the screen very much with the logos. We just see her on the site usually. I feel like it's been too long to even. I I can't even argue that point. But, like, the last couple of times I remember seeing it, it was like we were at the scene with her. So we weren't seeing it through the news. I can't news. tell you when the last time I saw Vicky Vale was. It's been a long well, time. But, but the point I'm making is, is I'm pretty sure she's not reporting for well, 52. She's probably You have to imagine, for... too, that in this universe that there's an entire news organization centered around superheroes. Like, yeah. That covers Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. And that's like CNN, but just for superheroes. And maybe that's what new, uh, new I almost said it repeated. Uh, the Channel 52. It's really hard not to, because you have to really yeah. think about it. 52. <laughs> 52. Just 52. Yeah. All right, uh, that's Green Arrow. Um, that'll take us on to Green Lantern's issue 12, uh, written by Sam Humphreys and art by Eduardo Pansica. Mm-hmm. And this, of course, is a continuation of the Phantom Lantern arc. This is part three. And we have Leminski, the Phantom Lantern, fighting off... Uh, Jessica and Simon, Simon and yeah, I know my, my, my brain's just going. It's the end of the week. That's fine. What can I say? You're fine, man. Um, at least with that one, you know that I know who that that name is. Sometimes when it's a minor yeah. character, you think, hey, have I just forgotten his name? No, no, it's just yeah, words are escaping my head. Um, but yeah, what's my But anyway, um, so yeah, they fight him off, and he 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 sort of doubts himself. We get a little flashback with him, and he goes back to Volthoom, and Volthoom's like, "Are you really being this little bitch? I gave you a ring. Go make use of it." Um, 
And it's, it's almost like he doesn't want to be bothered as he's like <laughs> scratching up the guardian. Like he's done a some. I can't remember what he called it. He's done like a process yeah. to him. He's, he's he's got something in the works. Malthusian, I think that was the word. Yeah, there you go. The, I feel like I've I've read the word somewhere before. We probably have. I'm sure. I'm sure it's well, in an old Green Lantern Maltus, comic. Well, yeah, because Maltus is where the guardians are from. Yeah, that's their original. Yeah, but it's like you don't origin. think of that that word no. like specifically. No, no, no. Well, it's like Mr. Mayans of a Newsian, you know, death worm or whatever. It's always just weird to, to see. But yeah, Malthusian. Yeah. And yeah, so that builds up his confidence and he goes to try and poison, you know, the, the central, not central city, coast city park. Yeah. Now, the flip side of this is Simon and Baz, Simon and Baz, Simon yeah. and Jessica. Simon and Jessica. So You're it's all, really bad at this today. It's all breaking down. I don't know what it is. It's, do you know what it is? I've got the phantom ring on and I'm going through all the emotions really quickly and I can't handle it. It's oh. really First weird. First time Pete's felt emotions in a long time. <laughs> How dare you. <laughs> and yeah, but a lot of the stuff in here that I actually liked the most was probably them like kind of like self-debating, like what their motivations are for getting after him. Like, is Simon wanting yep. the ring for himself? Because he, he, he's insecure about how strong he is, where she doesn't necessarily feel she, is she worth it? You know, yep. is, the, is the ring right to choose her? Which is very sort of in line for what, you know, her thing's been the entire time. You know, Matt, like, oh, you like to... him. Yeah, you like to joke that every issue we find out that she used to be, you know, a hermit and so But on. he's gotten better at addressing that. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it's not in the dialogue you know, narration boxes. Not every anymore. issue, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the... It's 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 put in there like good exposition should be. Feels conversational. And I like, too, that Simon's more upset about what he did to his family. He's like, no, we're bringing him in. He terrified, you know, my brother-in-law, and he threatened my nephew. And, like, I'm bashing his head in. So... Yeah, because I think my favourite moment in the entire issue is when she said, if you put the Phantom Phantom Lantern ring on, which you know which core would it give yeah. you? And she immediately thinks it would be fear. And fear. she almost says to him, like, you know what it would be? And we're, we're getting anger. We're getting red. Like, that's what we're, we're getting from him right now, at yeah. least. Yeah, definitely. And uh, but, I like that. But out of any of the, the modern or the Earth Green Lanterns, I feel like Simon might be the best pick. Like, if they're going to make him a Phantom Lantern, let's say, at the end of this, you know? I feel huh. out of all of them, he maybe. would. Except for maybe Kyle. But do, you, do you think that's where it's going, that we're going to end up with one of these characters with the Phantom I, I don't know. I mean, they gave him the Emerald Sight and whatnot. And, like, we really haven't seen anything special from Jess like that. Although she's still learning all She's her barely stuff. making constructs yet, so yeah, cool. give her a so, chance. Like, Although I feel like she'd be the perfect candidate because she needs to get in touch with her emotions. That's what her anxiety is all about. And I feel like that means here. like all all her practice of, you know, like going outside now and hiding that anxiety has kind of given her maybe some better control over her emotions as a whole. Yeah. Whereas Simon is very um, cocksure, would maybe yeah. be a good word. He's very yeah. much like he just on the fly. I feel like a fountain ring would be maybe a bad fit for him because the whole point of this is Levinsky can't control it, right? Because he's yeah, but I feel like Simon. I feel Simon could because he feels like he has a purpose. Where Levinsky's whole purpose is, I want to be a lantern. I just want to be a lantern so bad. And with Simon, it's like, well, no, I feel I need to be a lantern, and I feel that that control would help him because yeah, he is all over the place as a Green Lantern. Yeah. So I think like this is. 
highlighting they both have problems and maybe aren't equipped to have it yet. Have it, yeah. Well, I don't think, I think the message is no one's equipped to have it. That's why it was lost for so long. You know, especially human beings. And... Yeah, except obviously Kyle, who's mastered them all already. Right, <laughs> but that's Kyle. He's he's a sensitive artist. That's what he does. He's in yeah. touch with all his emotions. Exactly. So, but, <laughs> but no, I definitely like that. And I like the Leminski going to the uh, Green Lantern Memorial type deal in Co City. Yeah. And the two quote unquote regular people uh, just kind of like not caring that he's got a Green Lantern suit on. It's like, oh, I don't care. Yeah. And, and his face love, afterwards. Really good. Yeah. I also love the flashback of him, you know, when the Green Lantern shows up and the girl that he's with. And I'm like, wow, he's really shooting outside of his coverage here. And. Mm. And she's like really into him, and he's just like, "Oh no, Green Lantern, gotta go, see ya." Yeah. And it's just like this is his obsession, as is to become a lantern, over anything. So I, I hope, I hope he has a good outcome. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing more of him as kind of, not quite a sidekick, but as a, as a foil sometimes. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I get that. I just want to point out my favorite page of this is actually the. Uh... It's like two rows of panels, like the top row is Simon, the bottom row is Jessica. And mm-hmm. it's like when they're like just really considering how they feel about the Phantom Ring, and it's when they start to, you know, Jessica's like, you know, if I if I shouldn't have the Phantom Ring, should I even be a Green Lantern? Uh-huh. And yeah. it's Simon question if he's not strong enough. I just like it's like a series of like different facial expressions as they're thinking, like almost over the top. Like if someone actually stood there and made these facial expressions as they were thinking, you think they were really into their own thoughts. Yeah, but, the, the one that gets me is Simon going, Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but it is a nice like exercise in you know, for art and showing expressions, you know? Instead of them just having blank faces yeah. as they go through. But I think yeah. it should I think what I like about it is they both start with essentially the same expression and the same sort of look in their face. But as they both going on go on, Simon has this sort of smug contemplation, whereas Jessica gets like doubtful. Like it kind of it highlights the differences. In, their characters. Yeah, yeah. Well, they start at the same point, but they go in these different strands, and I really like yep. it. It's a good pitch. Uh, and a pretty good issue. I definitely liking this arc more than the first one for sure. It's not yeah. really a competition, is it? No, it's not. But well, this started with the trick or treating guardian, so like. That, that already made it, no, this, yeah. is, this is always going to be better. There's no chance yeah. this could possibly be worse. Yeah. The, every other issue could be worse than that first arc, but that alone made it better. True. All right, that'll take us on. Obviously, uh, the, the final sort of moment here, the cliffhanger is just, uh, he turns to fear and brings out some big yellow constructs for them to fight, which, if I have a criticism, it's that the cliffhanger is essentially the same as the last cliffhanger. He's he's yellow now instead of orange. Yeah, but he's he's got constructs for him to fight. They're going to fight. That was the exact same way the last one ended. So yeah, that was my well, yeah. The constructs are there of basically bad versions of themselves, like monsterized versions of Simon and Jessica. So. Yeah, sh- sure. It's going to play at their fear, which gives it a, an extra layer. But it is really similar. You know. To be honest, yeah. that complaint kind of feel is how I feel about Frank as a whole. Like he's kind of just. They're just yeah. to further the, the two lanterns. He's just to service them. His plot almost doesn't matter. It's kind of throwaway in comparison just to what it does for the characters. Well, they're experiencing the power of the different lanterns through him. So Yeah. Because he's so out of his depth. And it wouldn't surprise me if this ends like the last one did, where he shifts and like the contracts go away. 
you know, mm. or he loves us so much, it it boom goes to Violet. So who knows? Yeah, he seems to be staying away from the more positive uh, parts yeah. of the spectrum, isn't he? He's just sticking to the negative half. Yeah. But uh, that's Green Lantern's issue 12. That'll take us on to Death of Hawkman, issue 3. Uh, Mark Andreco and Aaron Lopresti on writing and... Uh, oh, sorry, Mark Andreco's writing and Aaron yeah. Lopresti and Rodney Buchemi are uh, on art. So, this is the third part of this, and remember last issue ended with... Strange going to Hawkman, like uh, you know, beaming over to uh, Thanagar uh, into his apartment and seeing Hawkman butt ass naked because he needs his help. Because obviously, this yeah. political situation with the 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 framing almost at least the assumed framing of, of Thanagar and a terrorist yeah. attack on Ran, and it's them kind of try to like deal with it. And yeah. most of the issue is basically Strange convincing Hawkman that this is going on and then them being on the run because the uh. Thanagar police know he's there and they have to sort of run away from them. Right. With, with Alana making moves on Ran to, we're going to go to war with Thanagar, which doesn't add up to Hawkman because that's never been Ran's MO. You yeah. know, and he even mentions like, no, man, we've been cool for the last couple of years. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think he said and, it's the, the most like cooperative time they've ever had yeah. is the last yeah, few years. Exactly. Yeah. And... I think if I have a complaint about this, is I feel like Alana in this issue, there's a couple of scenes with her. The first one is her assuring the council, no, no, my husband isn't like a traitor, he's not working with Thanagar on this. Because we, we know he's not, we know that he's, he's with Hawkman to try and figure yeah. out what's going on. Yeah. But in the second scene, the, the ending scene, when it comes back to her, and they say, oh, we've, we've just tracked that the, they've left uh, you know, Thanagar on a ship, he's with Carter Hall. It's like, well... By any means necessary, we need to bring him in. You know, it's like I, I think it's like it's down to that that first scene where we do it. They go, yeah, but if he is, and she kind of is forced into going, well, then we'll have to deal with him then because then he's a problem. And they've come to her and gone, look, this is the case. So she's kind of got no choice from a political standpoint but, uh, but to agree with it. But this is my problem with that though: is how does him being on a ship with Hawkman? How, how's that shady? How, he's a traitor. Yeah. Yeah, how does that because mean he's a traitor? Any more than him just being there to speak to him? Because that's what they knew before. This is there's not really much new in the way of like events that have happened. I guess the fact that they're like moving off planet, they're they're moving potentially in in Rand's direction. Yeah, but like Hawkman didn't have anything to do with the explosion. It was this rogue group of Thanagarians, as far as yeah. Alana's concerned. And then when we see what Despero can do. Yeah, we'll get to the Sparrow yeah. in a minute because yeah. obviously that's a big part of this issue. I but it definitely wasn't Thanagarians. You know what I mean? Yeah, the problem I have with it though, I, I'd even I'd buy that that reason that she just has to, you know, do this and say this because of her stance and because of she's our place in the council. But I didn't really get that from the writing that that's how she was feeling at the end. At the end, she just felt like, well, my husband's a traitor. I better go get him. You know, yeah, like which if, I think is going to play into her mind state because she's not thinking properly. Well, yeah, it's probably the spiral that's you know causing her yeah. to be heightened, yep. uh, and if that turns out to be the case, then fair enough, uh, well played. I can't uh, argue with that, but uh, it just it fell a bit off at the time. Because well, she's the only survivor of this attack that probably has more psychic stuff to do with it than what we thought. Well, yeah, because and... if 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 the spiral's wanting to start a war, leaving someone alive to sort of spur on the the events that has especially that someone has in, a, in a political, yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. 
So yeah, the, the Sparrow is uh, involved in Hawkman and obviously uh, Stranger aware of it and that's why they're going off to his home planet to try and find him. And the Sparrow basically goes home and f- frees like a bunch of uh, his like his uh, fellow... I forget their, their race. Yeah, what's the species? I can't remember. But basically all, all the other, uh, you know... The planet's called Kalador. So, Caladorian. Cal- we'll go with yeah. that. Um, but yeah, you know, he frees a bunch of them who were like, all locked up. You know, uh, yeah. k- kills their oppressors and like basically spurs. He basically gives himself an army, is for yeah. lack of a better, better, better phrase. Despero, yeah, that's what needs. Yeah. What's that, Connor? Because that's what Despero needs—an army. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. He can project his image across the galaxy, but I am know. I am quite fond of Despero as a villain. I must say. I like, yeah. I like the Sparrow. I feel well, he's, he's often underutilized, though. He is, but if you go back to uh, the, the, the story I always like, we talked about this last week, actually, uh, Crisis of Conscious, Crisis Conscious. which is the uh, build-up to Infinity. Uh, Infinity? Yep. In- infinite Crisis, that's a Marvel word. Well, I don't know what wrong I did company. there. Wrong company. Wrong uh, company. Yeah, wrong company. Yeah. Uh, but no, the build-up to Infinite Crisis with uh, that, that, that arc, I really, really like that. So that, That's kind of what made me a fan of him as a villain. So whenever he pops up again, I, I tend to get a little bit excited. So I, I like that he's the villain of this. And we'll see where this goes. Plus, there was a lot. Of, I mean, I I actually did enjoy the issue as much as I brought up that one complaint I had. Um, the no. ba- the banter and the bickering between uh, Strange and Hawkman, and Hawkman yeah. happily being naked and Strange being like, uh, "I didn't even know you could grow hair there," and things like that. And just <laughs> they're the, a surprisingly great duo, aren't they? They are. Yeah. It's because it's because Carter's your. It's almost like uh, if like in the Marvel movies. To just make a, a comparison t- to there, if you had like a team up of Ant Man and Thor for like, I yeah. don't know, a story, you know, kind of feels like that. Mm, yeah, I suppose. See, he's a bit too badass to be like Thor because Thor's still a bit Thor more relaxed. Yeah. Well, okay. Sh- Carl's sh- just like, nah, I just want to hit stuff. You know what I mean, though. He's very big, masculine, gruff. He has yeah. this, you know, this drinking, you know, fight attitude. Whereas, you know. Yeah. Where Strange is very unsure of himself and constantly like second guessing and you know, you shouldn't be enjoying this and blah blah blah. But no, I, I think their their chemistry is yeah. uh, pretty solid in this book. Yep. I think this book is way more enjoyable than any of us thought it was going to be based on the title of Death of Hawkman. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So no. That's good. I was gonna make a joke about the death of Batman, but I didn't have the gas to keep going with it. Or where was it gonna go? So it'll be like, is this like the death of Batman? Like, Qatar Hull will will survive, but Hawkman's no more. You know? But it wasn't worth it. It's a solid joke there. It wasn't worth it, but I, I thought I'll, I'll sit here for 30 seconds and tell you all anyway. <laughs> that, that's what I was saying. It wasn't even worth it enough to make the joke. It was just enough to go, I'm going to tell you about the joke. Yeah. Just so, just, I don't want to leave people hanging. You know? They wouldn't have been hanging, though, if you hadn't brought up in the first In my brain, they were, Connor. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my God. All right. Uh, Anything else before we move on, anyone? No, I'll just say I'm looking forward to the next one. It's actually pretty fun. Good. Uh, That'll take us on to our final book of the week, and that is Dead Man, Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love, issue two, Sarah Vaughn writing and Len Medina, or sorry, Lan Medina on art. Uh, which, by the way, art once again looks really good. Loving the the yeah. gothic look to it, the uh, the sort of the ghost, the sort of transparency there, the uh, sort of pastels sort of looks to the coloring. Oh. Uh, 
very fitting. And usually, usually when there's panels with just darkness behind them, I feel ripped off. Like the artist was just like, "Oh, I'm gonna save some time and not yeah. do backgrounds." Here, it fits in so well. Yeah, because it, it, yeah. I, I think the what's impressive about that that those couple of pages is that, despite the fact that it is just them in black backgrounds, the effect that it's meant to have is actually successful. Like it feels like they're yep. in an empty void. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think I had some of the other backgrounds, like in the regular parts of the issue, being kind of basic. That may, that that may have not come across, but so, they're also yep. intricate and they're also detailed, and it's all this wonderful gothic mansion, or you know, mm-hmm. uh, when Bernice is outside, and we have the small town, and oh. like all of it, all of it looks great. All of it's the so detailed. Scenes, yeah. Like yeah, how yeah. intricate those were. And it's only even, for even a page. when it's even when it's just like a wall. There's there's always just something like a pillar. Oh, just something yeah. there, just to give it sense of depth and space, yeah. which so, obviously we don't have in this darkness. Yeah, which exactly, which makes it feel like that's a void. So it actually really worked. So, yeah. Um, yep. So, right. So forgive me if I get some of the names uh, messed up here. You guys can sort of uh, keep me right as as we go if you're looking at it. Uh, but obviously, Bernice can see ghosts, and she moves into this mansion with her boyfriend. And I'm just I'm just kind of recapping the premise here. Before, recapping, yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we go on. And Bernice has this friend in town named Sam and they are defined as non-binary and I think the the first issue did a really good job of like handling that. Especially since, yeah. I'll be honest, before that issue I'm not really sure I was familiar with this specific um, sexual orientation. Yeah. Well, and yeah. in the first issue they didn't mention it at all. It was just, you know, Bernice and Sam going through the house. It was, it was so yeah, because... put a spotlight. And that the, was fine. Yeah, they, they mentioned, like, because she corrects uh, Dead Man on the pronouns that he used. Yeah. And, and I'll apologise in advance, because before we started here, I, I, I was getting it wrong left, right, and centre. Uh, because when you're used to referring to everyone as he or she, it's actually really difficult yeah. to say something else. It's flexing a different muscle. I have just a question there. You said, obviously, it's called non-binary. Is that a, a sexual orientation? Because obviously, that's just how they want to be referred as. So. I, I think it well, has to do with... With it, maybe orientation is not the right word, but it's it's no. basically identity, from, maybe. Yeah, from from yeah. from what gender identity. From what Sam said, in the issue, it sounds like they. See, it's weird to say it in that context. In that not sentence, it. it sounds really weird. Well, to well, not that s- sounds insulting, doesn't it? Just are they? Yeah, because I need to stop and think about it. It sounds worse. So, I, if anyone listening to us is non-binary, I apologize. I really mean no offense. Well, and it's not done out of out yeah. of blatant ignorance it's based out of ignorance of we don't experience this type of stuff in our everyday life yeah I've thought, and that's I've... what's great with this is that it's exposing us but, to yeah, we've, we've all been this. educated about this existing yeah through a comic book which that's phenomenal yeah yeah because before this obviously i'm familiar with you know trans people you know i'm f- very familiar with that that's very normal you know in terms of just how you know how how sort of present it is in everyday society. We're all aware of it, and many of us even know people who like that. And but I had specifically never heard of this. This you yeah. know I don't want to be identified as one or the other. Like yeah. you know, and I've never heard of this before. It's it's interesting. So like you say, it's actually kind of cool that it's educated yeah. us on this that this kind yeah, of it's thing in a exists. Gothic horror style story. Yeah, because the rest of it's know? all like gothic yeah. romance and ghosts, and someone yeah. was murdered. You know. Uh, I, I almost deal- feel like this is what Crimson Peak was supposed to be. I think I, I'm sure I said that last time. See, I wasn't here for that last time. Oh, yeah, you so, were. Because I said that to Pete, yeah. and he, he was like, ah, oh, yeah, but it was Look at him getting excited because it was one episode that you missed that he didn't. 
<laughs> yeah. uh, no, no, I forgot he wasn't here. I wasn't excited, but yeah, yeah, I was excited yeah. someone agreed with me. But yeah, <laughs> so uh, as I was going through reading this issue, and you got the darkness, and you hear about uh, what's the lady ghost name? Uh, Ad- Adelia, I think it was. Adelia. Because it, because I thought it was Amelia from memory, and then I kept. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, it's Adelia. Adelia. All right, Adelia. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And you get Adelia's story, and it just it feels very gothic. Yeah, because she she was married and she was killed like the night or the night after of her wedding. Yeah, and the wedding. The, the memories are all kind Wouldn't of missing. Missing. Yeah. yeah, all are all sort of mixing together because that because Dead Man. I loved it when Dead Man goes into her to like see it's, her memories it's yeah. almost it's like it's like he's going for a kiss but his entire yeah. face goes into her face and it's yeah right it's a really great visual and he even yeah he even mentions like it's not like entering a person like it's it's almost like a mind meld type deal so yeah. he has to open himself up as well yeah so, and he says how the the separation feels natural as well it yeah. doesn't feel like forcibly removed right hmm right. yeah so and we still have this ongoing plot where Nathan, who's a writer and he's been locked away in his study, keeps getting these headaches. Mm-hmm. And we know it's related to the ghosts. We know it's something to do with this darkness that's in the yep. house. And we keep talking about it as a separate entity. But the actual twist at the end, the way the issue ends, is that we find out that the darkness, this dark entity, that seems to be blocking Dead Man from leaving, and Adelia, is actually Adelia herself. It's almost like a Jekyll and Hyde situation in ghost yep. form, where she turns into this dark monster. She's this demon... Uh, and it's funny actually because it made me think of almost uh, Japanese horror movies like The Grudge because the whole idea in that movie is that the curse is born because a horrible you know act of passion a horrible you know murder Mm -hmm. takes place and it creates the curse out of her death and this kind of reminded me of that because at least they've not said this shit but I'm almost wondering if that's what's happened here is that whoever murdered her and the reason why they murdered her and the violent crime itself is what created this version of her that she turns into I I think you're right. It's very telling to do with the relationshipness of that as well, because obviously mm. this happens as he proposes to her. Uh, yeah, exactly. As he's putting the ring on her finger, even though she didn't actually say yes. We never saw that. No. And you kind of and, get the idea that she's hesitating. Well, yeah, because Bernice has conflicted feelings because she also knows that Sam's into her. Yeah, yeah, we've kind of got you know, that. Because they, they get that premonition uh, when, when she goes to visit Sam yeah. at the antique store. So, I guess this is the most I think I've enjoyed like a mystical DC book in quite some time, because it's not it's not like Hellblazer where it's going all different ways and trying to be clever because that's who Hellblazer yeah. is. You know, it's just this is a gothic romance horror story that happens to feature dead man who's a ghost. Yeah, you and know? it's told in two halves again. So it's chapter three and chapter four, mm-hmm. and it's split down the middle. Like the first issue was. The last issue yep. started with uh, Bernice, and that was really cool because you didn't really know why anyone was there. You didn't see the ghosts. Everything yep. was from her perspective, and some weird things were happening. And it wasn't until the end of her half where it was yeah. full on. Here's ghosts, and this is what's going on. Yep. Um, and then the second half, we got Dead Man's point of view, and it revealed a lot more of yep. what was really plot-wise what the thing was about. And then this book, it started with Dead Man's half, and we started in this darkness in the ghost world, you know. Yeah. Where Bernice couldn't go, and then it comes back at the real world, and they like form a plan, and then the second yeah, half. Four days passed too when they're in that void. That's true. Yeah, timey wimey. Yeah. It and it also yeah it also goes with Adelia's whole deal that like she she kind of only manifests like not on her own at least not that's what it seems like like yeah she just pops up. You know, but her, her and yeah. Deadman have a connection though because he yeah. realises that he can't even really tell how long it's been since he died like the time is kind of weird yeah. when you're dead it doesn't pass in the same I way I like yeah. that where he's like 
it simultaneously feels like forever, but at the same time, I haven't been doing this that long. And... Yeah, and they have that great moment where she says, oh, when you're here, I feel like I'm alive again. And he, th- he yeah. says, and now this is the first time I feel like I'm dead. Yeah, it's nice, nice dichotomy between the two of them there. Yeah, and like I said, though, so that's the first half. In the second half, we follow Bernice again. It switches to her pers- perception on everything and her narration, oh. and she leaves the house where Dead Man can't go. So we go with her to the library to uh, investigate and look up, you know, the history of the house and Adelia and try to yep. figure out stuff. And that's where we learn a lot of this plot about you know her going missing yep. and all the rest of it. Uh, it's also those interesting those parts of the house that Dead Man can't go into because it was built later. Yep. It's not part of the yeah. original building yeah. uh, which i thought was a nice touch uh, we go to the antique shop with sam and that brings they back into the story is it still yes. they? them them it brings them yeah. back into the story see yeah. i have to think about it again and <laughs> it, all, it all culminates at the end when you know uh, they go back to the house and uh, nathan proposes to her which clearly adelia's dark side has a problem with because that's when it manifests yeah. and it goes yeah. back again to the, the first issue because remember dead man wills possessing try to make them kiss because he wanted to try and get in her head yeah. and it, the, the, something like kicked him back it was like a force but you know it was the, the darkness again yeah. like stopping yeah, it it's, so. it's very much against this one-sided love sort of thing isn't it because obviously mm. she doesn't yeah. feel what he does because it's, it's clearly showing us that like she has feelings and doubts uh, well, but, whereas nathan's also not as much of a character on purpose because he's always away writing his story yeah, you know, and he gets locked away, and I just, I feel there's more to that him than just this author. I, I feel there's something very specific about his uh his study. Was it where like yeah. they make a big deal of pausing at that room and like no, we can't yeah. go in there. Yeah, that's his yeah. that's his place. You know, even even back yeah. in the city, he had his study. We yeah. didn't I didn't go in there when he's in there. I'm not allowed to talk to him. You know. Yeah. yeah, but in this house, that room suddenly feels like a big deal rather than just yep. a person's place. Yeah, yeah, yep. that, that's lately very true. So, no, very good. Oh, just just a thought. Just, let's say Bernice and Sam, you know, became a thing, got married. What would Bernice refer to Sam as? You know, husband, wife. <laughs> what, what's the what's the neutral version of that? Partner. Okay, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's fine. I just, yeah. I, I was a thought I had when we were talking about him proposing. I was like, wait a minute, what if? Anyway, um. But no, that's uh, it's Dead Man. Very good. Uh, looks yeah, beautiful. It's, it's telling a great story. Very interesting. Um, and educational. And it's educational because yeah. it's taught us something, which is cool. This is this is one that I got to the end that I think it says to be concluded. Yeah. I thought it was four parts for whatever reason, not three. That's three. So, um, yeah, I'm so I'm looking forward to this being collected because it's one that yeah. I'll hand to people it's that int- are interested in comics. It's interesting yeah, so. that. Uh, the Supergirl mini that's starting later this month is the same way. Yeah. It's a double-sized issues every two months. Oh, that one does have four parts, though, Matt. So you get four, four. Okay, so maybe that's where it came from. you got four that chunks of that really. one to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be cool to see. And I, I, I am really enjoying this book. It's, it's probably the best sort of solo dead man thing I've read. Yeah. Between this and the showcase issue, or not issue, but story, yeah, it made, it's made me want to go back and track down dead man as a character. Uh, just to see. I, what I really liked him in like. the Justice League Dark stuff that we had in the new video yeah, too. But obviously too. that that wasn't so. I think we got some of the. They did have a book. What was it called? Was it like Showcase? Where they did have a little. It, it had like two or three stories. Nah, it, in. Nah, it wasn't uh, that. It was there was an anthology book where one character would get an arc and then it would switch to another yeah. character. So it was like a six issue arc of Dead Man, but then it went on to someone yeah. else. 
I can't oh, remember what it was called. I think it was DC Presents, maybe, or something ah, like that. Ah, that's it, yeah. It I think be. there was some Dead Man stuff in that. Yeah, there was a Dead Man arc in that, thing. Yeah. yeah, I think that was pretty good, from what I recall. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. I like that the DC's taking chances like this by doing, you know, every two months, double-sized issues, you know? It makes yeah. it feel special. Yeah, I think so, uh, prestige is the uh, yeah, the word they say, use. It reminds the me of the prestige format, format stuff. Yeah. That's what that's what it said in the solicit for Supergirl. Anyway, said so this is the gotcha. prestige format. So okay, that's pretty gotcha. cool. Well, see, I was reading this digitally, so I thought always thought prestige meant uh, like like no ads, and you pay a little bit more. But digital doesn't have that. ads anyway, so yeah. <laughs> digital doesn't have ads anyway, so I didn't pick up on it. But yeah, I I will definitely pick this up in in not hardcover but trade. Once it comes I'd pick out. it up in hardcover if they do it in hardcover. I'm not yeah. sure if it will sell well enough to warrant one. I don't know. I feel yeah. this is the just because it's so artistic, they might go and ask dollars a deluxe. Yeah. Here's a deluxe of it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. this. This art would look gorgeous in a deluxe. Yeah. And like I said, it's the sort of thing that you want to hand to people who yeah. maybe interested in comics but not superheroes, but you want to still give yeah. them something DC because we're DC fanboys. Yeah, of course. Well, it's this and like American Alien because that's another whole. Because everyone knows Superman's origin, but like American Alien twisted around. So yeah. I'll have that, and then I'll have this, and they'll be set to go. Cool. All right, that's uh, Dead Man, Dark Mansion, Forbidden Love Issue 2. Uh, and we kind of riffed about that, so cool. Yeah. And that's uh, actually the last book, so that'll take us on to our favourite stuff of the week. It is worth mentioning that Aquaman, Cyborg, Midnighter, and Apollo, and Harley Quinn all did come out this week as well, just, to, just for... Dropping like flies. Com- completely well, I'm sick. still reading Harley Quinn. I haven't read this no, one, mind, but yeah. And Midnight and Apollo is just a mini, so there's only two regular books there that we were all reading that's been completely dropped. But um, of course, they're adding more books to the slate coming January and February. So you know, we, we'll, oh. we'll have a workout for us. Don't you worry. Uh, I so love, I love this week just based off of the lack of so many books. Well, and then I look forward or i look at ahead and i just go well, that's the thing Bef- before we recorded i was saying to pete like oh hang on i feel like i've forgotten to read something because i feel like i haven't read that much and i, I made him go through the books just to just to be sure yeah, yeah. yeah. it's funny because week three is actually the same as week one except that it also has a uh... single shippers <sighs> yeah how long is one all is trinity from what i remember yeah at least from what i'm reading oh really um that's going to change though in Sometimes february even. Because Batwoman and Super Sons are both going to be on week three. So week three is going to be nice and packed, just like week two and four now. Don't you worry. It'll be, it'll be good fun. Week one will be the one quiet week of the... I'm going to get my comics privilege taken away, DC. <laughs> All right, stop. Uh, uh, no, let's do some favourites of the week. Um, panel of the week. Um, I'm going to jump in here. I cannot, oh. and under good conscience, say anything other than the old boy page of Batman. Because, holy crap. Although that said... Him climbing the the, uh, the building, the the prison, and jumping off is also another fantastic one. But I'm going to go with the old boy because yeah. figure out not. I'm not even going to go with the. I'm not going to go with the old boy page specifically. I'm going to go with the aftermath of the the old boy page. The, the, uh, the take a breath. The take a breath. Because yeah. for me, that's when I felt it more than anything else. It, that's what made the fight feel. Because it's easy enough. To, well, I say it's easy. I mean, I, I can't draw, but like you know, it's simple enough to make it feel like a big moment when you have Batman fighting what seems like an army of people. You know? Yeah, it happens yeah. all the time. And it does that cool thing where there's, like, there's multiple versions of him like throughout, as if it's you know sequential yeah. and like without panels. But yeah. it, it's the moment after where we see Batman have to like pause and take a breath and just collect himself was like oh that was a big fight for batman then because yeah that's when you know it was yeah. really like something special yeah. 
because you know there's no because yeah. Batman in that that he had to stop and you know take a knee, you know. And I like yeah. that. I like when Batman shows a bit of vulnerability that yeah. he is human at the end of the day. Yeah. So. Of course you do. Uh, obviously, Mikael Janin's art is just yeah gorgeous. So yeah. Uh, easy pick for me that week this week. But Connor, <laughs> what was your panel choice of the week? As easy as it would be to take something from Batman, I figured so that not all three of us are just going to do the same, I, I'll actively choose something different. Uh, so I'm going to go from Green Arrow. It's the oh. panel where the arrow goes through the first woman at the end, just because the impact of what was happening all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it, it, it hits so suddenly with... There's a panel of tranquility <laughs> and, then an, and then an arrow through the chest. Connor, it works so well. Connor Ryan, a fan of murder. You heard it here first, folks. You know it. Uh, Matt, what was your panel of the week? Also, Connor Ryan, the man that was wrong. I wasn't going to pick Batman. I already said what my favorite panel was this week. And that was from, from Superman when he's fighting Frankenstein. And he's posturing and saying, you know, you know you're doing you your job. I thought you just that was your favorite panel huh? from, from the issue when you said it. No, earlier. no, no. Of, of the week. Because uh, I like when, when Superman has to basically put the gloves on and be like, hey, I'm nice and stuff, and I save cats from trees. But if you want to rumble, we'll rumble. And uh, there's either me that or something from uh, Dead Man, because that that art is yeah, it's gorgeous, spectacular. It's gorgeous. Yeah. On top of it. So okay, well here here's where things are gonna get interesting because we're well, actually not quite yet. We're gonna do best art first. Um, okay. Now obviously I could easily just say Batman, and it would make sense, and I'm yeah. tempted to say Batman, but Dead Man is kind of like there over at the side going, hey. What about me? Yeah. You know, I look great, and it did look great. Yeah. Uh, you know you want to just exercise your bias, Pete. Just do it. But I've picked I've picked Batman every time it's been out since Mikael Janin's been. But that's the power you'll get of, another chance for it. That yeah, that's the power of Janin though. Like, yes. okay, like once Manipul comes back to Trinity, like, come on. Okay, uh, okay, it's, it's it's Batman. Okay, it's fine. You, yeah. I fe- go on, I'll say it. It's Batman. Matt, what's your panel uh, artist uh, of the week? Mine's a uh, dead man. Just from everything that we talked about in the issue, from the sense of death, the death, that too. Yeah, that sense there, of death. There was a sense of death. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just with everything on the walls, there's always something going on in the panels, and like we talked about. So when they are in that void, it feels like a void. It doesn't feel like just emptiness for emptiness' sake, and it's it's a nice treat coming that it comes every two months. So yeah, yeah. All right, I'll I'm gonna back up Deadman because as much as I love the art in Batman, that yeah. one. That, uh, I knew, was, one I knew you were gonna see it. It really like <laughs> I don't think you understand how much that stuck with me. Throughout the entire issue, it, I was. He's it just made having me, nightmares. It, it made me on the lookout for any more problems as I was reading it, and I don't want to be feeling that when I'm reading that book. I want to just be amazed by how gorgeous it looks. And the fact that I had to feel on the lookout means I have to just give it to Deadman, where it was just consistently gorgeous on every panel. Fair, fair. All right, let's do some top books of the week then. Top five, yeah. and we're going to stop doing worst, I think, because I don't, I don't see the point anymore. I feel like we've yeah, dropped. Well, yeah, we're not really reading yeah. any books that we feel like we have to. And, and I feel like me and Connor, it's obviously Justice League. So why, you know? Yeah. So yeah. All right, top fives then, and this will be interesting because I feel like if Matt still picks Superman this week, something is awry 
The bias yep. is really coming out if he still picks Superman. Yep. So, Matt, what is your top five this week? So, number one is Dead Man. Uh, Mansion, Forbidden, Hot Love, whatever the whole <laughs> well, no, no, no. is. That, that's the, yeah. that's the uh, porn parody there, Matt. Not... <laughs> gotcha. Wait, that's not what I read? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, number two, I'm going to put Nightwing. Just because I like that whole... Uh, that, that sequence of him... Like, this is what I should have said. That was just great. And then I'm going to say Superman at number three. And then Batman number four. Green Arrow number five. Well, see, this is the problem. Green Arrow and Green Lanterns are about even. But I'll just say Green Arrow. It was a fun read. Cool. Uh, Connor? I'm going to go with Deadman at the top again. Uh, Then I'll have Batman at two. Nightwing at three. Green Arrow at four and Superman five. Cool. Um, I'm gonna go with Batman at number one because I really love that show, Doctor. Batman. Um, uh, I'm not as biased as you are, Matt. You, you, you like the fact that I'm Batman biased, but I am nowhere near as Batman biased as um, you are. Superman I'll just biased. say that the weeks that Trinity is out at the same time as Superman, Trinity took over Superman. So, which has still got Superman in it as one of the main <laughs> characters. So, shut up. That's Batman as well, to be fair. Ah. Yeah. Got that mana pool, more importantly. Technicality. So. Technicality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I've picked tons of stuff over Batman. In fact, to be fair, before uh, this arc of Batman, Batman never get picked by me. So, well, <laughs> you know, suck it, basically. Superman was that much better. Yeah, that feels fair. like a really big dig at Finch. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was. Yeah. He, didn't even, he didn't even like that story last week in the annual as his favorite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh dear. Um, right, so Batman at number one, Dead Man at number two, Nightwing at number three, Superman at number four, and last one's kind of tough. They're all kind of about They're even, about but um, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll go with Death of Hawkman. I'll, I'll I'll be wacky yeah, and pick it. Right. Go with a different pick, but uh, no, that's that's where I'm on things this week. Um, but no, uh, it's a solid week. Um, I think they used to have a week of books again uh, after last week of having just two annuals in a in a showcase. So yep. that that was this week. So all it leaves me to do now is to, to let you know what's coming next week and what we'll be covering. Um, and this was corrected just before we started. Uh, there was one delay that Connor yep. was so adamantly ready to point out to me I swear well, he gets me when you're wrong you're wrong <laughs> Matt I just clear this up for me because me and Connor got I don't know if I'd call it an argument as I would maybe call it a a call a call to war um, is maybe the phrase I'd use <laughs> oh no uh, Right, so I, I, you know, I, you know, whenever the solicits come out, you know, I'll, I'll write them all down. I make a nice schedule out of it so that we've got a nice reference yeah. for what's out each week. And for the most part, DC Rebirth has not been having that many delays. It's had like maybe three tops, three single issue delays is basically all it's had, including yeah. this one. I think, I think they all involve Jim Lee too. So yeah. shocker, right? So I, I read out what I had written down, and he was looking at the the diamond list, and he's like, "Oh no, uh, that one's not there." And then he said, I was wrong. I disagree that that's me being wrong. I, th- what I wrote down was correct. There had just been a, an update 
But you were wrong when you were reading it. You you should have updated this, and and you should be fact checking this every week before you read this. It shouldn't be down to me to go. Hang on, that's uh, not there. I had, I had exit stage left again, but I still have that uh, that that picture behind me. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> um. You know what? I'm going to fact check now, just before we start every week, just so, so Connor doesn't get the satisfaction of correcting me. Because Connor really likes correcting or people. He, I do. Or that's called being professional. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Matt, that's the thing. Don't, don't, if, don't if, take if a side. If I hadn't said anything, you'd have read out your list at the end of this, like you're doing now, and you'd have said, this is out next week. And you would have been wrong, and you would have been misinformed. Well, because as he's doing that, I'm looking, uh, I have diamond up right now so so you, you know. would have corrected him if he'd said it exactly so it's so, me or him take your pick yes there's a difference between you're wrong and you would be wrong if you said that on okay. the show there's can a difference we say you're in, can we say you're incorrect you can say the list was incorrect okay yeah, you, you made the list, list in- you're, you're reading the list i you can't the list master <laughs> i am the list yeah, master you thank you very much title and not claim responsibility at the list that's <laughs> true that's like being the destroyer of worlds and not destroying any worlds. You get get that title. Actually, I'm going to make a case that it's better for me to leave it the way it is, and then for Matt, while looking at the diamond list live, to correct me as I go. So, so I don't get to correct you. No, 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 yes. no. I mean, that, don't get me wrong. That's a, that's a silver lining. I'm not going to lie. I'll, I'll take my icing on my cake. But you got cake. I just had cake. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was just looking up the variant of of a book next week. Is like, cake. Uh, yeah, cake. Yes, cake. Um, so, so, okay, Matt. It's an al- analogy. You're fine. Gotcha. Okay. But at least if I read out the list as it was when it was solicited, and Matt's looking at the actual list, and he says, "No, no, that's not out." At least it lets everyone know there was a delay. Whereas, whereas if I just checked this, you know, earlier today and changed it, I may, I may forget to mention there was a delay. Or you just put in brackets after instead of deleting it, just put in brackets say. This is now Why delayed. are we still yeah. having this conversation? It's fine. Let's just tell people what's out next week. <laughs> because right? he enjoys correcting fine. people too much and it makes me want to snap his little ginger head off. Just let him have his bottle. Alright? Oh. Just let him give, give the baby his bottle. Let no. him have it. I just like winding him up like this. This is oh, so I know, fun. I know you do. I know you do. Oh. Look at him. Tell me this isn't fun. Well, no, not when I have Christmas shopping to do right after this. So, Sorry. yes. Coming I next week. To you, Matt. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I demand an apology right now. Real quick, though. Real quick. Side tangent. Have you ever seen that viral video of the Australian kid who threw the party that got out of control? And then the news lady starts, like, reading him the riot act and wants him to take off his sunglasses. Yeah. And he's like, I'll nah. apologize, but I'm not taking off my sunglasses. <laughs> that's, what Connor, that's what Connor just did. I'll apologize. I don't mean it. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so All-Star Batman's not out next week is basically what that all sums oh. up as. It was meant to be out next week. It's always been week two, but it got pushed to week four. So oh. we got a two-week delay. What a, what a pity. Yeah, what a shame. I'm so heartbroken. I won't have a least favorite book next week. Oh, darn. <laughs> Yeah. Oh god. Um and I know I, I get that a lot of people are enjoying it, but clearly we've not been as Connor likes it, but me and Matt I aren't do. Hot on I it. mean I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to when the artists change and we get the individual issues focused on the different villains. Oh I'm looking forward to Jock coming on big time. Yeah, I, I can't wait for I'm that. I'm waiting for the, the Tula Loto issue with, with Poison Ivy personally. That's that's my most anticipated one. Well, I'm a oh yeah, I'm looking forward to that one too. 
But yeah. anyway, but Jock too, sure. Oh, yeah. But anyway, what is actually coming out next week is we have the DC Rebirth Holiday Special number one. We've got an anthology of Christmas stories uh, next week, so we'll be looking at that. Uh, we've also got Action Comics nine six nine, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey issue five, Deathstroke issue eight, Detective Comics nine four six, The Flash issue twelve, New Superman issue six, Supergirl issue four, Superwoman issue five. Wonder Woman issue 12, and then over in Connor's Corner we have Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps issue 10, we have his favourite book of the month, Red Hood and the Outlaws issue 5. Still not a team. I just looked at the solicits and still not a team. <laughs> what? You can't, no, you can't do that. Don't ruin this, that hope uh, that maybe uh, this is the one is the only thing that gets me through <laughs> it each month. You guys want to hear the blurb for this one straight from oh, Diamond? No, no, oh, get, get, give us it. Give us it. Dark Trinity Part 5. Redhead and Artemis team up against a rampaging Bizarro. And it's a race against the clock to save him and the city from Black Mass mind-controlling techno-organic virus. A. Sounds like they're still fighting or infighting. B. Sounds like the most 90s premise I have heard. Who's just techno organic that... virus since 1998? Look, there is a chance I may have to be blind drunk to read this one, and oh. therefore I may not remember any of it by the time we come to talk about I it. I might have so to send we'll you some cider through the mail, <laughs> just, or send you money for cider through the all mail. I'm, all I'm saying is roll on issue six, baby, because it's happening. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, also, I actually had written down Suicide Squad issue 8 as not being covered, but Connor informed me before we started that he may actually read it because it is technically a lead-in tie-in to the uh, Justice League v Suicide Squad. Yeah. The thing is, I'm only like one, maybe two issues behind, so it'd be really easy for me to just catch up so yeah. I could read the tie-in. It yeah, doesn't cause... officially start till 9, so I'm, I'm good with not reading it till then. I don't know, it's labelled as one. So. Yeah, because this, this is because there's only one this month, and it's a lead into the event. The next one's not until like the actual proper tie-in start oh. in January. Gotcha. Just because the blurb said here that it it the story jumps off to Justice League versus Suicide yeah. Squad. So I don't so. know if that I don't know if that's like a Supergirl or the DC crossover like CW kind of thing where it's just a little bit at the end that leads into it. Yeah. Or if it's the thing is the book wasn't bad enough. Like I, I that that it makes me not want to read it i just kind of got bored but it's okay so if, if i went if i read it and it was just like that yeah. i don't think i'd be that annoyed so, so it's basically what pete said looking at the blurb is that the it's about killer frost and her story continuing from this month's single issue suicide squad directly to justice league versus suicide squad number one so it sounds like it's just the backup that's the yeah, lead okay uh supergirl See, style. That, I, I feel like i might read it anyway because i'm because okay. That means well, I'm close you do that. when I get the actual, t- you know, the actual tie-ins. Next yeah, month. And, and yeah, yeah, you can fill us in what's because well, I'm not, I'm not planning on reading Suicide Squad next month either. I'm just letting Connor tell me what happened in them. <laughs> so, oh no, right. I, that's fair. My my, you know, completionist in me is gonna make me get them for it. So, oh man, you know, they've got you hooked and sinker, I, Matt. That's the thing. I'm I'm kind of like that as well, where I'm gonna go, I'm gonna read them. So I'm thinking, well, I've only missed two issues. I could just read those and have the full story yeah. why not it's not like it's not like you have 18 to read again exactly so, <laughs> yeah oh dear but yeah so uh looking forward to next week uh oh yeah uh, as much as week two is kind of a a chore yeah. in the sense that it's packed it actually has several of my favorite monthly books because yeah superwoman supergirl and new superman all in one week come on baby and and the holiday special which i'm really looking forward to yeah 
I, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm excited for it, but you know, I'm. I don't know. I'm just reading some of the stuff. Uh, Wonder Woman crashes Hellblazer's pagan uh, holiday party, so that should be fun. Because <laughs> uh, she knows a lot of those people being worshipped. So I mean, I, I say I'm not that excited because I can't remember anything that's actually in it beyond it just being an anthology. So you know, uh, it's but, also got Paul Dini and his Harley story too. So that's anytime he's writing. I hope it's not just they didn't copy it from Batman Annual. That's the thing. I was just looking at it. I go, oh, please don't let that just be that again. And thinking that touches now. Now I'm bummed. But... My, my one thing that is like hopeful for that is I don't see uh, Adams listing the artists. Yeah, uh, yeah. So maybe it's something else. I love how Denny thought I need to do two Christmas stories for two different uh, anthologies. Oh, they'll both be Harley focused. But yeah, but that's also on brand for him because he has a whole character he created called Jingle Bell, who's the daughter of Santa. So, you know, I feel like he loves Christmas like Mick Foley loves Christmas. Wrestling fans will understand that. I, I got it. Um, I did not. That's all right. Oh, well, I, I guess that wraps things up. We actually ended yep. up. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, Detective Flash and Wonder Woman I'm always looking forward to and yep. whatever else. So, um, big week next week so join us for that and don't worry we will not be taking a break over Christmas the only thing that might happen uh, in terms of the schedule is we might end up having an episode or two out a little bit earlier in the week because I, I think the time we would normally record is like Christmas Eve That you know the way it falls yeah. on the week so obviously yeah. we'll only do it at least a day earlier because uh, as long as I manage to read all my books uh, so, so Connor may yep. be missing because Connor <laughs> you well, know what Connor's this like. is the thing I'm not off work till Christmas Eve and I'm in quite a lot those few days before. However, the upside to that is there's almost no TV on that usually takes up most of your time. Yeah, there is. So it might even out yeah. there to fit them all in. But... Uh, shoot. All right. <laughs> also, I just want to mention real quick. You know, we had that discussion about the rebirth issues when what trade they're coming out with. Yeah. Um, the Batman Volume Ten hardcover epilogue is is coming out this week, and it's got Batman Rebirth One there. So I think they're in both because I'm pretty sure all the volume ones on Amazon okay. all have them in it as well. So okay, I think you so get that. Yeah. That's cool. That one makes sense because that kind of works. Yeah. It's still Snyder co-write that one, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, think yeah. It, so I just wanted to mention that. I think it just makes sense from even if you <laughs> see it as a bonus in those like ending trades, like oh here's this yeah. first you know rebirth issue, the next thing to tempt you to keep going yeah. into the next series, but yeah. So, Definitely. As long as I was worried they were only going to include it in the old trades and not the volume ones, because that'd have been really stupid. But that would have been ridiculous. But uh, yeah. both is fine, I think, uh, in this sense. Yeah. So no, it's good. Uh, so yeah, happy December. Of course, this was the first week of December. Um, well. We will have also an extra episode between Christmas and New Year's, talking about our favourite books of the year. So look forward to that as well. So you, not only do we not take time off for Christmas, you're going to get an extra episode. <laughs> so. That's what we're doing. When, when we're filling the time, so everyone's got this time off for Christmas, and yeah. you know, got a few days off work, and you you go, oh, what am I going to do with all this time off? Well, you can listen to us for an extra three hours. Oh, three <laughs> hours! All right, come on, make some bold promises. The first mild fuzz Christmas crossover <laughs> end of year spectacular. Well, that was because good lord. That was because instead of doing a separate like thing for movies and a separate thing for comics and yeah. a separate thing for video games and TV, we did it all in one big thing, so it was like three and a half hours long, and we realised that we should never do that again. I'm just again. saying, when we don't have a focused schedule like this, we tangent a lot. 
Well, right now we're tangenting about what we're going to be tangenting about later exactly in the month. Exactly my point. Yeah. <laughs> Happy December, folks. Uh, I'll, 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 yeah. I'll give you some proper Christmas wishes when we get cl- closer to Christmas. But as for right now, uh, enjoy your winter books. Um, I don't know about anyone else, but I actually quite like this time of year because it feels like uh, we're getting close to the holidays and the, I, I, I'm a fan of longer nights. Uh, I'm a bit of a... It's because you're a vampire. Of course. I'll you accept that. You on innocent souls for a longer time. Okay. She fights with the empire on that I one. Think Anyways, that, I think I, that brings an end to the show. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll yes, wrap up here. So thank you very much for watching and or listening. Uh, like and subscribe and all that stuff. Whatever it is you're experiencing this on YouTube, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, podcatching apps, whatever as you like to use. Podcatcher of your choice. Exactly. Um, let us know what you thought of the books in the comments below and all that stuff we always like to hear and uh, yeah so thanks very much for watching once again uh, keep reading comic books and always remember never get lost in the speed force long live the legion